This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 1, Episode 20 Truth, Sensibility, and Cuthbert. The finale! This is it. I know. The finale of Series 1, a milestone for the podcast. Yeah, and keeping that in mind and knowing that you guys have been waiting for a whole week. For the second part of the finale, we're going to get straight to it. Yeah. There will be no words with the DM. Uh, we're just going to have post-game chatter at the end. And when I say just, I mean awesomely. We're going to have post-game chatter at yep. the end. So stay tuned after the episode comes to a conclusion. It will uh, continue on. And we will have everyone in the cast talking about what just happened and just the, the campaign in general. And uh answering a bunch of questions from the listeners, um, which, by the way, you guys rock. We want to thank all the listeners um, for sticking with us, for listening through all of Series 1. And interacting with us, yeah. which has been really great. Uh, honestly, going into this, thought there was going to be like 10 listeners, but we've got 60 regular listeners for you guys, and that's amazing. Yeah, and we're hoping to get more as, uh, as we move on. Yeah, so tell your friends. Um, <laughs> spread the word. Series 2, Shadowrun. Uh, series 2, Shadowrun will be premiering May 17th. Uh, next week, we will not have an episode. We will just have the Series 1... Bloopers. Bloops! <laughs> uh, and then uh, the week after that, there will be nothing. Uh, we will not release anything. And then May 17th, Series 2. Shadowrun, be there. Um, <laughs> but that's it. That's it. We want to get right into the episode. So without further ado, here is the finale of series one, episode 20, Truth, Sensibility, and Cuthbert. Enjoy. Fuck off. <laughs> the last time we left our adventures, they had uh, successfully freed Anna Ravenhelm, uh, her mother, Helena, um, and Lariel Silverfrond from their captivity in Reverian Elator's castle in the treetops uh, and made their way up to uh, what they believe is um, Reverian's stronghold or lair, as you may call it. <laughs> um, I will, I will. <laughs> <laughs> they were surprised when Enna actually attacked them just outside of those doors, um, but made short work of the assassin. Just some doing her, not killing her. <laughs> True. They also found uh, three unconscious but stable men uh, laid up in some sort of infirmary setup uh, in a bedroom just uh, outside of Reverian's lair <laughs> and... Um, Decided not to help them and then opened the door to uh, what they believe is their final destination. Uh, no, that's ominous. <laughs> well, was any part of this not ominous? <laughs> <laughs> We've just been building up to the ominousity of this. Okay? Right, right. Let's all let's let's not all uh, forget that we are immune to several different elements. So, oh yeah, 
Yeah. Jump in front of those elements, boys. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm immune to cold. Any inspiring speeches before we step in to our doom? I think we already opened the door. You already opened the door. Neat. Yeah, there's only one thing to say. <laughs> Except for we don't we don't yell that because we're sneaky right now. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. yeah, so uh, I, 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 like, I say it in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we look at we make uh, 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 Oberon and and Krethlin make eye contact and we mouth yeah. Krakata. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Is it a creaky door? Or is it a well oiled? It door? is a well oiled door. Oh. Never mind. Cool. Uh, so Darren, being the doorman, <laughs> uh, slowly turns the knob of the unlocked. Uh, giant oak door and uh, slowly opens it. So um, this is a fairly large room for being at the top of a tower. It is um, you'd you'd wager it's about half of the actual building. <sighs> it's uh, it's got a raised dais that runs the length of the room uh, with uh, sets of stairs going down to lower levels on both your right and left. Um, At the end of the dais, there is a uh, large throne, for lack of a better term, that uh, actually looks pretty misplaced. This looks like this could be a large, almost bedroom area. it's got like large windows that uh, give sort of a 180 degree view and the glass shimmers uh, as if it's perhaps uh, got something magical about it. The ceiling is very high, but it is completely devoid of furniture except for this one uh, chair. Are we talking a square room, circular? It's, it's rectangular. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit longer than it is wide. And the windows, are they ground level or are they raised up in the walls? Uh, they are floor to ceiling. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> That's sweet. That's pretty derp. Yeah. All right. Okay. He's a talented interior decorator. <laughs> are there any people in this room? No. Of course there aren't. Are there any other doors in or out of this room? No. Well, don't have to worry about that at least. <laughs> <laughs> no, no scary doors right, to attack yeah. him. Hey, Oberon, you got any charges of invisibility left? Um, yeah, I could, uh, I could, I could get two of us. If you can get me, that would be very helpful. <laughs> I'll cast invisibility on, uh, Darren and Kreflin, uh, third level spell. All right, you guys disappear from view. I'm going to skulk on in there. Um, I'll place myself <clears throat> a little bit to the left of the chair. Uh, so you're going to go all the way down to the other end of the room and... As quietly as I can, so I should probably sneak that. Okay, <laughs> yep. Go ahead, and you both can roll stealth. 11. 31. Oh! That's it? Well, plus invisibility, whatever. Yeah, you get to roll with advantage. Yeah, because you're invisible. Let's see if I roll a 20. No, I'll keep the 19. Oh, 18. Cool. Darren, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to the center of the room, and I think I'm going to uh, hang, o- um, hang off to the left three stairs down. Okay. And I'm just going to be uh, scanning the room, trying to get as much uh, a feel for the space as I can, remaining situationally aware, 
seeing if I can notice anything unusual, anything on the ceiling, anything down here on either side of the floors, any movement. Sure. Just keeping an eye out. Um, okay. So, Crethlin, mm-hmm. you, uh, David, you get there all set up. Uh, Crethlin, you uh, walk about two-thirds of the way down the room, um, and then you feel like a, not quite like cold, but sort of like a tingle. Uh, after you walk through, uh, you see a tall elf with long black hair and a circlet on his, on his head, um, sitting in the chair, uh, waiting. Can I see the rest of the party? Uh, you look back and don't see anyone. It just looks like the room is empty. Hmm. Um, did I get to the place that I wanted to get to? No, uh, you... Or should I change direction? Uh, well, that is up to you. <clears throat> you you've, you're about two-thirds of the way down the hall. Okay. You feel this tingling, and now you seem to be in the lone, alone in this room uh, with, you think, Reverie and Elator. Well, we've seen them before. Yeah. Okay, and the chair is in the back of the room? Uh, at the far end of the far room. Okay. Uh, about five feet from the glass uh, okay. window um, in, in the very center. So there's room behind him. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to uh, place myself directly behind him. Okay. Roll another stealth check. Advantage. You are invisible. Yay, me! Ooh, <laughs> natural 20 for 22. <laughs> hey. Yeah, so what What was the final tally on that? 26? 22. 20, with a natural 20? <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's not quite the same. I'm a little bit worried now. He's not the sneakiest. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I only have plus two. Okay. I'm not going to do anything just in case I can't be heard and they just think everything is fine and I end up dying. <laughs> sure. I think it, I'm doing this as a strategic thing. I have my uh, pick of Elfsbane out. Is that a one-handed weapon or two? War pick? Yeah. It's a one-handed weapon. I have that and... Oh. No, it's just the war pick. I have it at the ready. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to keep uh, scanning the room. I'm going to continue moving along uh, three steps down, uh, mm, trying to do a sweep of the whole room. Okay. Uh, so move toward the throne. So you uh, walk down the end to the end of the... You reach the windows? Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the room looks empty. Uh, do I see anything at the bottom of these stairs? And there's just like a 10-foot flat area at the bottom of the stairs that probably had nice things. Okay, I'll see what's on the bottom of the other side. Okay. So I'll cross, I'll cross to the other side of the stairs. Where do you cross? Like right in front of where the chair is or? I assume I'm at the back of the room, so I think I'm going to cross behind the chair. So you walk up uh, as soon as you cross the top step. Mm-hmm. Uh, you... Uh, uh, you feel a cold tingling, and um, on the chair uh, is Reverian, just sitting there. I'm gonna like almost breathe and like catch my breath. Roll stealth. You have advantage because you're invisible. I sure do. Oh, there we go. A 32. <laughs> is that a natural 20 for your stealth also? Yep. Man, you guys are sneaky Dirt. as fuck. We're in the zone, <laughs> man. What can I tell you? And I'm like, so I've got what I need. So I'm going to creep back to where um, 
Oberon and Bankard are. Do you walk straight back? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the minute that you cross that like two thirds line, uh, he disappears. Mm-hmm. During all of this, uh, looking through the crack of the door, mm-hmm. um, I would be scanning the windows that seem to have some kind of magic element to them. Mm-hmm. I'm mostly just trying to see if I can identify like if it's like a protective spell or a cosmetic spell or, or what. Like see if I can glean anything off of just by observing the like glow coming off of it. Sure. Roll Arcana. 22. Okay. Uh, so from what you can tell from where you are without, you know, actually touching it or, or like experiencing it at all, except for with your, with what you can see, um, it looks like they're imbued with a magic that perhaps obscures people from looking in, Mm. uh, sort of like a magical tint, (laughs) uh, one way mirrored kind of thing. Um, and, uh, the other thing is that, uh, you can see little brighter lines of magic sort of intersecting and it looks like it's a, like it's like protecting sort of like a crisscross of like through the room. No, just, um, just over the windows. over the windows. Okay, sure. Uh, so I'm going to go back to where Oberon and Bankard are. I'm going to, uh, scrawl something on a, like a piece of paper that I've got. Uh, and I'm going to tap Oberon once on the forehead where his little three dots are. Mm-hmm. And then uh, behind his collar, I'm going to slip the note that I wrote. If you want to read that for yeah. our listenership. Yes. Uh, he's on the throne. Act like you don't know. Protected by wall of illusion. I'm going to be there for backup. And then I creep back to uh, basically same way. Uh, three, three stairs down on the left side, creeping back. Uh, I'm going to be like, I'm going to see get next to the throne uh, and, like, poised to stab. Okay, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're, like, right on the left-hand side mm-hmm. of the throne, just right there, like, just a couple of inches away from his face? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, like, like, two meters away, I think. Like a, like a lunge away. Um, and roll stealth. I sure will. Uh, 28. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give him like a, a little bit of like a, a, like, you know, like 20 second count, like letting him getting into whatever position he's trying to get into, uh, show the note to Bankard, uh, and show the note to Lario and then taking a, a writing utensil of my own, uh, write on the note for Lario saying, uh, you stay here out of sight until something happens and show it to her. And like, give her like a like my raise my eyebrows. Is this like that? Is that does that sound like a good idea? Uh, she nods and blushes a little. <laughs> I, I <laughs> passing notes in class. <laughs> I hand her the note, <laughs> and then uh, I I or no, I flip the note over, <laughs> and I write to Bankard. Uh, Pretend like we're sneaking? Question mark and give him a thumbs up. Bankard gives a wink. And then I hand the note to Lariel, and I very slowly open the door and uh, make a show of, of sneaking in with Bankard behind me. Um, kind of like, you know, crouch down, uh, shillelagh sword at the ready, um, and moving along and kind of like, observing the room as if I'm only looking at it for the first time. Roll performance. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Do I need to as well? Yes. 
12 for Oberon. Oberon. I rolled a, a 3. <laughs> Oberon. But it becomes a 12, even if I roll a 3. You're very good at that. Yeah. I have a 4. Which becomes an 8 for you, or? No, just it's just... Four. Just a four. Just just a four. <laughs> oh, God. Just, just a four. Wait, how is that possible? What's your charisma modifier? Three. Plus two. Plus two. So you rolled a two. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, I rolled two, you guys... Yeah. We you guys, you guys nailed the sneaking. Dude, bump it. <laughs> we, couldn't, we, couldn't, uh, we couldn't help. No, this. no. Yeah. We couldn't anything else. <laughs> no. But hey, I got a 12, right? So <laughs> An entire 12. How, how good of a theater critic is Reverian? <laughs> um, hold on. He probably just thinks we're dumb, which we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's our greatest strength. <laughs> uh, stupidity. So Oberon. Yeah. Well, exactly. you don't actually see this, so uh, but you two do. Um, you see uh, Reverian um, sort of like, like just move his head a little bit, like as if he's paying attention uh, to something. Uh, you don't really know what because you can't see back, but uh, he seems to like believe whatever he's seeing. And then it's not like smirking or anything <laughs> like we well, are. Maybe like a smirk is in like, haha, they have no idea I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sort of like does like a recoil scoff thing as he sees Bankard like Scooby doing it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he Scooby did it. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll turn to Bankard and be like, stay close to me. Okay. And then I'm going to uh, move my way along uh, the, like, because the stairs, do the stairs go all the way to the edge of the wall? No, they go down five or six stairs and then uh, on either, like, up to the windows, it's about 10 feet of flat. Okay, um, so I'll go along the edge of the stairs on the left side, going towards the throne, um, and I'm going to, like, kind of take a couple steps up up the stairs as if to present myself cover on the right side of the room with the uh, elevated area, but enough so that I can see over it. Uh, and then I will uh, be sneaking and looking around and uh, again, making it not look like I'm staring at the throne, but obviously like most of my actual attention is going towards the throne. Mm -hmm. Okay. It doesn't change. You don't see anything different. Okay. Uh, getting closer to the throne. Uh, you don't, you continue to not see anything. And we still don't see him either. Kathleen, you see him. Oh, I see, I see Oberon. Oh, no, you don't see Oberon. Okay, sorry, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I'll keep walking, I'll get, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe like 10 feet away from the throne. Uh, on the... Continuing on the stairs, I have no... Okay, yeah, you're 10 feet away, you don't see anything. Okay, I'll, I'll look around a little bit, and this time I'm actually genuinely confused. And uh, then I'll kind of like step up, centering myself to look at the throne dead on. Okay, so you're like ten feet back from the throne. I'm, I'm like, yeah, basically ten feet away from the throne, uh, and I step up the two steps to stand in the center aisle. Okay, so as soon as you uh, break the plane of the top step onto the like the you know the the raised area, you feel sort of a magical tingle, mm -hmm. and uh, you see. Uh, in front of you, plain as day, uh, Reverian Elator, and you two see him as well. Cool. And uh, I have my Shillelagh sword out in one uh, hand. And to Bankard, uh, he disappears. I follow. Okay. 
same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you now no, see no, him no. too. No, no, no. We describe it. Um, <laughs> and I have my shillelagh sword in one hand and my whip out at the other. And as soon as I see him, uh, I will uh, project confidence and uh, and I'll I'll go, Reverian, your days are numbered. It's time. And I point my sword at him. This ends now. And I attack him. But, well, we're 10 feet away. What, you're going to just charge right in? Hell yeah. All right. I will step out of the way. <laughs> okay. So uh, Oberon steps into view. Reverian appears. He lifts up his sword. Bankard appears behind him. Oberon's like, your days are numbered. And then uh, Bankard's like, yeah. And then attacks him. <laughs> and then runs in, just charges in Cuthbert style. And uh, roll for initiative. It's not sensible to let the bad guy talk. <laughs> All right. Uh, above 20. 24. Natural 20 for a 21. <laughs> oh! <laughs> 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 Can I can I trade with Bankard? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can hold your turn. Yeah. I will. And permanently drop an initiative behind him. Yeah, that sounds fine. Okay. Nineteen to fifteen. Fifteen for Oberon. Fifteen for Oberon. Crethlin. A solid nine. Okay. Um, Bankard, you are up first. Well, I'm gonna start smacking fools and <laughs> smack the fool. You just first smack attack him is. 19. Uh, so 19 um, will hit. You know what? Actually, I'm going to go ahead and second level smite his ass. Second level Do it. smite. Oh, come on. 16. Get smote! Smoten! Uh, second attack. Sure. Go for it. This is 25. Four. Or 12. 12 damage? Yep. Hiya! <laughs> okay, so. Um, before he can even stand to react. Um, he was just in the middle of his dramatic moment. <laughs> he, he looked like he was about to be like... <gasps> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then the Cuthbertine. <laughs> Talking at this point is just not sensible. <laughs> and Bankard just runs in. Um, his great axe uh, glowing with the flame, white flames of truth, sensibility, and Cuthbert. And... Uh, Slashes twice, and uh, uh, right across uh, Reverian's very nice robes, uh, and uh, he he does a bit of a bit of damage. Well played, impressive monologues. <laughs> Darren, after clack, uh, cracking a slight smile at Bankard's no nonsense <laughs> approach to final <laughs> confrontation. <laughs> Darren goes ahead, pulls out all the stops, depresses both the buttons on his uh, short swords here. I can so dig we it. Got, we got Midnight Tears and Serpent Venom coming your way. <laughs> nice. Uh, so we're going to start with those Midnight Tears, that Midnight Tear sword. I'm lunging in, trying to catch him between the ribs on the side, totally blindsided, uh, literally, because I'm invisible. <laughs> uh, I make a stab. The stab I've, we've all been waiting for, and that is a 22. 22 will hit, so it's an automatic critical. Ba-boom! Damn. And uh, he's got to make a con save of 15. Sure. It's 1d6 plus 5 additional d6. 40, so plus 5, so 45 damage. Uh, okay. 
Uh, how is that con save? Uh, he makes it. Okay, and then uh, bonus action. Uh, I'm now visible. <laughs> I, I do have a, an ally within five feet, so I'm still going to get sneaky. I'm going to stab with the Serpent Venom Sword. 18. Uh, 18 will also hit. Yeah! And that needs a con save of 11. And then that's 25 additional damage. Uh, so he makes the con save. Makes sense. But he's got, <laughs> but he's got toxins in the blood. Yeah. Right, that's gotta do something. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Lariel does something. Yay, Lariel. You guys can't see what it is. Sure. Sounds impressive. How well does that go for her? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Do you have the player's handbook? Yep. Wild magic. <laughs> so uh, you see um, uh, five streaks of, of like this purple black um, shots um, break through the the illusion barrier, illusory barrier, uh, and um, all. Squarely hit uh, Riverian. Yeah. Dude, she can see him. Fuck yes. It's that makes me happy. Lariel's the best. We all rocks. Uh, and then <laughs> moments later, you hear a big. <laughs> oh, oh god. And um, and you hear a. Ah! Oh. <laughs> Ow. Oh. Um, and uh, that's. Uh, when uh, Reverian stands. Nah. Uh, and what a champ. Yeah, I'm impressed. And uh, uh, disappears in a ball of smoke. Oh, God. And uh, reappears, or you hear him reappear. <laughs> Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 and then... Um, so, uh, you hear him speak, um... Damn it! I thought we had avoided this! <laughs> know, right? Uh, you hear him speak, uh, an arcane tongue that you've never heard before. Oh, what's it sound like? <laughs> uh, and, uh, it's bit. so foreign to you, you can't even remember. Oh, nice, nice. Good avoid. Um, and, uh, and then... Then you hear another sort of, and Oberon. So all of that noise I heard, can I tell what direction it's coming from? All from the way that you were. Like the doorway? Yeah. I go running that way. Sure. Until I see. Okay, so you cross the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you do, um, the door is uh, about halfway open. Mm-hmm. Um, Lariel is nowhere to be seen, and Reverian is about 10 feet from you. Excellent. I'm going to cast Hex. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so I, I cast Hex. There's no save. It just happens. Okay. Ah, he feels hexed. Yeah, and I'm going to give him disadvantage on wisdom saving throws. Yes, okay. And uh, then I'm going to cast Hold Person. Sure. And uh, doing so, I, they're both concentration spells, so uh, Kreflin, the invisibility drops on you. Okay because I'm now concentrating with the ring and my brain. Am I low enough behind the throne that I can't be seen? <laughs> You're behind the... In... The throne. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. Um, what was your last, last dexterity, or uh, stealth check? 
Was it? That was the natural. That was 20 the natural for 20 for twenty-two. Yeah, you hid well enough. You're all sneaky, right backed up against it. <laughs> Sweet. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so I'm concentrating one spell through the ring and one spell through my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, hex, disadvantage on wisdom saving throws, and now hold person. It's a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> What's the spell DC? 17. So uh, you cast hex. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you do that? I point with, uh, with my whip and kind of crack it uh, off to the side, sending like a sonic sound, like a little like reverberation, kind of like a, a burgundy like whoosh from the whip mm-hmm. as it uh, flies and kind of like wraps around him and then fades into nothingness. Okay. Uh, and, then, uh, and then the hold person, I just, you know, I point with uh, my right hand holding the, uh, uh, the shillelagh and then I like bring my hand up in a fist to try and hold him. Okay. Um, and uh, for a moment, he is encased in sort of a shimmering, uh, like, burgundy light. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is midway turning around to look at you and then uh, freezes for just a second. Damn it. <laughs> uh, and inexplicably, even though you're sure that the spell worked, he continues his... Uh, his turn to face you, and you hear from over your shoulder, oh man, that is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> For once, Hearsome and I agree on something. <laughs> Damn, this guy. It sounds like he's not, it sounds like you're not the only guy with an angel on your shoulder. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my turn, bonus action and action. Okay. Um, and now I'm, what, five feet away from him? Uh, you were 10. Did you get any closer? Yeah, I mean, I'd get up within melee range. Uh, as soon as I saw that, I'd take, like, the extra, like, two steps to move in to, to okay, strike sure, him. Okay, sure, yeah. You are, uh, there. Um, but he didn't take any damage, so yeah. Okay. Cool. Krethlin. Uh, so he's all the way across the room? Yep. You can get there. I don't feel like I, I don't feel like he's gonna be sitting back in the throne anytime soon, and Krethlin's <laughs> not gonna hide from a fight, so... Yeah, what's the th- what is the throne made of? Uh, it's an ornate, um, dark carved wood with um, a, a blue upholstered uh, cushions. Can I kick it down? You can try. <laughs> is that going to cost me an attack, though? Uh, I guess I'll, either way, it'll be movement. Yeah, it. W- I would say that it would take your movement. Okay. But then, but then you can't make it to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, just like, much less badass, but I'll like turn around the back of the throne and charge at him. Um, hearing him hurt, uh, L'Oreal really pissed me off, so I'm entering a rage as I run. Yeah. <laughs> you mean? Uh, and I cross the barrier and I run right at him and I swing my pick of elfsbane at him, right at his face. Sure. That is fat face. Uh, so I have advantage on that attack, correct? Yeah. So yeah, that's a twenty-two. Uh, roll your damage. Damage. Bam. Uh, that is a thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's a it's an eighteen. Eighteen. And my, eighteen my, my, my hurts more. Uh, and then I'm gonna attack him again. Sure. Same Warfic, same style, right? So I swing at his face and hit so him. So mid-swing, ah! uh, you um, uh, look at his face for the very first time, and um, 
Make a wisdom saving throw, please. Okay. Natural 20 for 21. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll your attack. Thirteen. Uh, a thirteen will not hit. So uh, he catches eye, he catches yours. You're like oh, and you swing, but uh, he's able to sort of reach out and parry with an arcane force. Bankard, you're up again. Uh, first, I'm gonna cast Hunter's Mark. Okay. On Reverian. He feels hunted. Good. He should. I'm. I'm gonna get you, Reverian. How far away is he from me? Uh, Let me simplify the question. Can I hit it? You are, f- you are close <laughs> enough to hit him. I'm, g- I'm gonna go get him. Okay, go ahead. Thirteen. Misses. That's fine. Uh, and as you go for your second attack, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay, that's fine. This is fine. Twelve on my saving throw. Come on, dog. Okay, uh, so I need you. Uh, suddenly, you feel a rush of I don't, I don't want to hit him, uh, and uh, you are mid swing though, so you can choose to roll to hit either Kreslin or Oberon, who are next to you. you fucking kidding me. I guess I'll uh, go Oberon, for right? Kreslin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Kreflin's used no to this. Yeah, kill fuck Mary the party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a fucking course. Now I roll high. Yeah, of course. Uh, 27. Of course that hits, you jackass. <sighs> hey, seven. Hey, that's, that's nice and low. Good. <laughs> cool. So it's seven damage? Yes. Halved by your rage. All right. So Kreflin doesn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. hmm, whatever. Is that really how Kreflin reacts? No, it's well, not. It might just be a wild swing that just accidentally hit you. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, Kreflin's giving him the what the fuck, bro, look. <laughs> okay. Uh, Darren. Okay, I'm going to pop out of this uh, illusory wall and... <laughs> and see what's going on out there because I'm <laughs> everybody left me okay okay so I see this scene yeah you um, see you see Bankard finishing his swipe at Kreflin weird <laughs> uh, but you know that's the way it is with wizards uh, so he is turned to face us at the moment yes yes okay so I'm gonna see if I can get behind him and Get uh, get him with a kidney shot from from behind there. Go for it. Oh, I will. Uh, how is a twenty-seven? Uh, twenty-seven will hit. This is with my serpent venom sword. So another DC eleven con save. He makes it. Yeah, it's not that hard, I guess. Can't, I can't blame him for not wanting to die of poison. Uh, that's 26 damage. He might and, just die of metal poisoning. Yeah, well, I'm going to pump him so full of lead. <laughs> Except my Wrong setting. Time. Wrong setting. Uh, I'm <laughs> so full of steel. <laughs> uh, so I'll attack with the other one. Wow, two sevens. Uh, how it is. You know what? 
16. I'm going to inspiration die that. Uh, 21. Uh, 21 will hit. You, here's your inspiration back. Thank you for that. No problem. <laughs> That's 23 more. Okay. Both kidneys. So, yeah. So, shink, shink, shink. Do it for Oberon. Step, 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 uh, step, step. I always step. do. It is uh, Riverian's turn. So, uh, he looks at you all around him. Uh, once again, smoke sort of like wraps around him and and he appears next to the door. Uh, you see him this time, the smoke just reappears no more than 30 feet away. And um, he uh, stands there, reaches out his hand, uh, his palm out towards you, and you see uh, eight colorful rays shoot out um, at you. Um, and uh, they hit you one at a time. Um, two for each of you. How exciting. <laughs> what are all the colors? Is there one that's orange with green spots? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, let's just go down the line. Bankard, the, the first ray that hits you is uh, yellow. So fire, all right. No. <laughs> oh no, it may not hit you. Roll a dexterity saving throw. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, 13. Okay, it hits you. <laughs> um, and just as it gets like right in front of you, uh, you see that it's actually shooting off a little bit of uh, electricity. Yeah, I wish that one had hit me. Um, and uh, you take 36 lightning damage. Damn, y'all. Um, and Darren, you are next. Please make a dexterity saving throw. I sure will. Uh, 12. Okay, uh, and a bolt of yellow uh, streaks it. out towards you, <laughs> and you take uh, 39 lightning damage. Thanks to my evasion, Sorry. I take only a measly 20 damage. Is that all? <laughs> Jesus. I like to imagine that it hit me in both the kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, oh! Okay. Um, oh, that's what that's like? <laughs> I feel like a dick. <laughs> okay. Um, Oberon? Dexterity saving throw? Yeah. All right. Um, five. <laughs> oh. Uh, Orange bolt streaks out. No, of course it's orange. You guys get the electricity and I get hit by... God damn it hits you and it starts to like burn away at the place where it hit like right on the sternum. Oof. Uh, you take uh, 31 acid damage. Ooh. And Kay. Kreflin, yeah, I mean, make a dexterity saving throw for me, please. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Danger sense? It's uh, for traps. Oh, traps and spells. Traps and spells. What? <laughs> Danger sense. Danger sense is the bomb. All right, where's that other dice? Get, uh, that, of get that dice. The crackling bolt of energy sh shoots toward you. Hmm, I sense danger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 17. Uh, you succeed. Yay! Uh, which means you take half damage as the... Uh, you take... No damage. As the blue, <laughs> as the blue bolt, uh, as the that's what blue I'm talking bolt about. just sort of like creates icicles across your like whole armor, and you and look and beard. 
<laughs> frost beard. And uh, yeah, like a like a hoarfrost like like appears on your beard, and, uh, and you just look like a an icy icy mountain dwarf. Does. You're you're no yeah you're yeah. you're straight out of the revenant. Yes. Oh man, I just fought okay. with the bear. Um, um, can I act like I'm hurt? Yeah, roll performance. Love to. How's a four? Um, you're like, oh, so cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got chilly in here. Oh, no. Ooh. So he's not convinced, but maybe he's taunted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right? Uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, okay, and then the next volley of bolts. What? Another volley? Two for each of us. Oh, right, right, right. Son of a bitch. The next one comes at Vanguard. Is fire. Is another uh, yellow one. Roll a dexterity <laughs> saving throw for me. Fifteen. Okay, so you take you you see it coming and almost get out of the way, but you're wearing a sh- shit ton of metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and it, like, even though it only glances your shoulder, it just like radiates from there the, uh, through the rest of your body. <laughs> so you uh, you take thirty five additional lightning damage. Oh, right. Jeez, gosh dang, wow, guys, I'm hurt very badly. Uh, okay, and then the next one comes at Darren. Twenty five. Okay, I take no damage on a successful save. Oh, all right, cool. You're just like ah. What color was it, though? You cartwheel out of the way. I didn't even roll for it. I want to know what color I dodged. Orange. Shit! That wouldn't even hurt me anyway! (laughs) But he doesn't know that. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's got to know that I don't want to get hit by these. Um, okay. Oberon. Another dexterity saving throw. Yes, please. 17. Just, like, grazes your shoulder. What is Um, it? Red? Nah. Uh, As you take... As a, you are flavor caught on fire. No! <laughs> Flames! Hey, flaming shalala. We all ate the completely wrong <laughs> flower. Except for Krithlin. Except dun, for dun, 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 dun. Uh, You take 26 <sighs> fire damage. Still standing, but barely. You're singed. Your beautiful hair is a little less beautiful. I'm, I'm more than singed. <laughs> I'm covered in acid and fire, and I do not feel good. <laughs> 26, you said? Yes. Uh, guys, this isn't pleasant. Um, and coming at Krethlin. Please make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, 19. Uh, four, wait, I'm so sorry. That's a 21. You succeed? <laughs> Uh, okay, um, so as two different bolts poof, poof, hit you. Both of which are blue? Sorry. Yeah, boy! Uh, one of which is red. Ah, uh, okay. And the other is blue. Yes! All right, so I take half the damage of the red. Half the damage of the red. Oh, so you didn't well, succeed on that must be 21? nice. Oh, no, he did. I succeeded, but I get half the damage. Oh, you take half damage. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And yeah. your beautiful hoarfrost melts. Oh, but then he's refrozen. As you take forty-two 
uh, fire damage. Wait, have wait, tabbed, wait. Right? Half that? Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, I you thought... hit me with an 84 attack? <laughs> That's almost everything, goddammit. Okay. No, it's half. 21, got it. Yeah. God. I rolled really well that time. So he sort of uh, smiles at you guys. And, uh... He's smiling a lot with a guy with a bunch of stab wounds. <laughs> Surprisingly, even though he's been hit a lot, he only just looks this side of bloodied. Ugh. Uh, who's up? Um, that would be Oberon. Yeah, uh, I uh, stumble right next to Bancard, like shoulder to shoulder with him, and uh, I'm going to, again, point with one hand, uh, with the hand that's holding the shillelagh, and then bring it up in a fist to try and hold person again. Sure. Disadvantage on wisdom saving throws still because of Hex. He rolled a two and a four. <gasps> it's, a, it's a 17. He's two for 20, guys. Oh, yeah. So Reverian is held? For the moment. Damn! Mazel time! <laughs> Somatic cuffs, quick. Yeah, right? Uh, I'm, I'm done. I've done everything again. I'm nearby him, aren't I now? Or uh, er, wait, bonus action, right? You have a bonus. Yeah, I'm gonna as I bump up shoulder to shoulder with uh, with Bankard and cast hold person. I see Reverian lock up, and then with my other hand, I reach in, grab a potion, and take it. Sure. Standard potion of healing. Four D four plus four. Twelve. Yep. So I heal twelve. So. Yeah. yeah, boy! I got somatic cuffs. I'm going to slap those fuckers on him. Sure. Yeah. Cool. And then I'm going to hit him in the face again. Uh, I yell, gag him! <laughs> oh, that's smart. Uh, I have a, something that I can use for a big gag on me. Um, your cloak? Oh. <laughs> Stuff a bear paw down his throat. <laughs> uh, I... So I take it off my shoulder. Uh, I... Put it so that the bear is like right next to his face, and I like wrap the wrap the paw around it, and like, yeah. Elbow grease it in. Yeah, it's a little, just a little. <laughs> sure. Claws first, obviously. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. What do you do now? Well, are we still in initiative? Should Bankard go first? We'll move into cinematic. All right. Well, I'm gonna heal myself and. Uh, uh, Oberon. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Cure wounds at second level on Oberon. Yay! Uh, 17. And then I'm gonna walk over to uh, Reverian. I'm gonna swear an oath of enmity. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move my way over there cautiously uh, and drink a potion of healing on the way. <laughs> Do I have any concept of what happened to Lariel? You didn't see it. Right, but she's not here. I heard some stuff going down. Yeah, you heard sort of like... Yeah, and I imagine he did something to make her disappear. I'm wondering if I have an idea of what that might have been. Um, no. Shit. It's not within your wheelhouse. Then I... Oh, yes. Yes, it is in your wheelhouse. Go ahead and roll. Arcana? Sure. Okay. It's an eight. Uh, you you know, you could just ask me. I'm right here. What did he do to Lariel? It, it, obviously, it's a banishment spell. I mean, she wasn't here, or she's here, then she wasn't here, she's not back. 
How do we get her back? Well. Will killing him work? I think so. It might also solve all your problems, kiddo. Uh, that's all I need. I turn back and watch as uh, Bancard walks up with his great axe. <laughs> uh, and I should mention that it is super flaming fire. <laughs> Highest and, uh, spell slot. <laughs> super smite? Super smite. Third level sure. smite. And I walk up to him and uh, you've brought much evil on this earth. Now I'm going to take care of you and it in one fatal blow. And then I kill him. <laughs> well, that's a bit presumptuous. On your <laughs> Clean him up. Clean him up. All right. Go ahead and uh, I'll say you hit. Roll your damage. Wait, what if he crits? Okay, yeah, go for Yeah, go ahead and roll your attack roll. <laughs> Is it a crit? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I rolled a yes. 20 and a 19. It was meant to happen. Yeah, it really was. Uh, 39. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you bring down your axe, and in one fell swoop, uh, everybody roll perception for me for a second. 28 from Darren. 21 for Kretlin. 6 for Bankard. 27 for Oberon. You finally see something better than me, old man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, those of you who roll higher than a 15, um, see him smile as the blade comes down. Um, and he is, his head is swiped clean off, a la uh, uh, Avin Tavishil, um, <laughs> from, from way back in the day when you guys were all brandy new adventurers. And, um... Reverian has died. I look around for Lariel. Uh, and just as you do, uh, she appears, looking a little dizzy, but none worse for wear. Uh, she sees um, him beheaded and is like, huh. <laughs> and she gets a little sick. Uh, Gross, how unladylike. And she apologizes afterwards. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, what do you do now? Did you see that? The smile? Mm-hmm. I saw it too. What does that mean? I thought he was knocked out. I was just happy to be finishing this. I, 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 I check his person. I look for whatever he has on him. Uh, okay, he's got like some, he's got an arcane focus. Um, no stones. Okay. And um, a ring on his uh, left middle finger. I remove that ring. Okay. Do you put it on? No. <laughs> All right, you do. I show it to Lariel and I say, if I destroy this, is Enna free? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, probably. Um, but I'm not sure how you're going to destroy it, save for throwing it in a volcano or something. Um, <gasps> <gasps> That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Um, what a stupid idea. <laughs> but I do believe that as long as nobody puts it on, we can actually remove um, the other rings yes, from the I cursed so. people. All right, perfect. I put it in my in my pocket. Sure. Um, All right, something tells me even though he's dead, this job isn't over. Let's yeah. get those rings off of Venna and the guys in the room. Lariel, do you have any idea what he might be plotting beyond this? He seemed actually almost pleased when we, when we f- finished him. He, no, s- he no. smiled as if he knew something. He smiled. That's, a, that's, not, that's not normal at all. Um, 
Then let's go get Anna. Maybe she has an idea. Sure. I'm going to talk to those three guys in the room and see if we can take their rings off as well. Okay. We go rushing back. Okay. Um, so, uh, Anna... I take the arcane focus. Okay. It is a large raven's... Uh, medallion. Uh, medallion with uh, backed by a sun and seven stars. Cool. I put that in my pocket as well. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, Anna is conscious, sees you guys. I so. remove the ring. Uh, well, you'd have to take the handcuffs off first. I take the handcuffs off. Crathen, hold on to her for me for a second. Okay, cool. Also, I meant to say this before we left, but I took I took the uh, somatic handcuffs with me when we left. The off room. of Reverian? Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, do you take your then, bloodied cloak as well? Uh, yeah, obviously. It's always bloody. Looks looks much more badass. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, Crathen. Also, I hope that he missed the bear's paw when he fucking cut off his head. <laughs> I made sure to sweep around it. And it's still a clean cut. Crathen, uh, right. hold on to Anna just in case anything. Oi. And then uh, while he's holding on to both her arms, I remove the somatic manacles and take the ring off of her. Okay. Uh, you remove the ring. Uh, it slides off. All right, and then I ungag her. And she's like, you can let go, Crethlin. Oh, fine, if I must. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> Rever- Thank you. Reverian is felled. I, I imagine so, since the ring. You, you, you've saved me, really. We have a somewhat cryptic question. Uh, right before the final blow was dealt, Reverian smiled. As if he knew something, as if this was all part of his plan. Oh, I, I doubt dying was really part of his plan. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's been alive for long enough, to, uh, but he's never been one to not have contingencies. Have you found my brothers? They're in that room over there, I think. Which I, I went in okay. to and I gathered those rings. Okay. Um, I'm going to... They're all still unconscious. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to go to one. I've got, I have a lesser healing potion that I'm going to pour down his throat. Okay. Uh, he sort of wakes up. He's still um, very much cut up and looks very. Sure. Uh, and uh, who are you? Morning, boys. Uh, name's Darren Drauk. How you feeling? <laughs> I, I've been better. Better. What's your name? Notis. Notis. Uh, got a last name there. Family name. Important. Editor. All right. Well, I got some bad news for you. The old old man's dead. How's R- that make you feel? Really? You're you're joking. Well, look at your hand. What's on your ring finger? Ooh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Um, and you you did this alone. <laughs> Well, <laughs> not entirely alone. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> uh, thank you. Oh, all right. You seem pleased. All right. Uh, I'm going to roll. Can I, like, see if he's sincere? Sure. An 18 on insight? He seems perplexed, but happy. Uh, and can you... hurt. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me what you're doing here? Um, Varian, my father, he um, had us fighting... On his behalf, um, actually. So, there's that. I'm sorry if you were made to do that against your will. Well, at least now you're free. Do you happen to know if your father had any, I don't know, preventative measures taken to prevent him from dying? No. 
I didn't think so. Why? Well, before he died, he seemed a little pleased. A little too pleased to be dying, if you ask me. But uh, maybe there's someone who does know. I reach into my pack and I pull out the gem. Do you know how to get this young lad out? Maybe. I I don't know. Uh, Let's have it. (laughs) I toss it to him. (laughs) He, like, fumbles it. It's not super dexterous. Um, And Uh, and he looks... Kids. Is that... Is that Aentor? I believe it is. All right. Um, no. No idea. It's, it's an imprisonment spell, yeah. Sure, I guess so. Stuck in that gem. Huh. I don't know. I'd often like to have the two separate. All right. Uh, how are your, your, your brothers there? They uh, they in the same boat as you? Uh, these ones, yeah. Yeah. Lucky me, I got two more healing potions. I'm going to wake the other two up. Okay. You wake up, uh, you have the similar conversations with them, pleased to be free, glad to see that everybody's alive, perplexed that you managed to kill their father. Um, At this point, the rest of us join the room. Sure. Uh, glad to see Enna, mm-hmm. uh, who you feel like they haven't seen in a really long time, just by the way that they like greeted each other. Um, Nautis turns to you guys and uh, is like, um... So, you killed them all, then? Them all? The rest of our family. That's why they're... Right? No, just Reverian. Who else do we need to kill? <laughs> oh, right. Okay, Is um, this one of those behind-every-great-man kind of stories? Sort of. Um, so, he... Uh, they were working on this project spell thing with... We know about it. With Something s- with stones... Uh, and they were going to, he sent, uh, Coronel, my stepmother, and Gaius, and Artakis, and Telenor, and Faneril, out to, um, enact the, the, the curse. Short of stones? Well, they had four, so I think that's all they need. Fuck. Uh, do you know where they've been sent? No. I grit my teeth. In the meantime... Any of you have the authority to call off uh, the uh, the assault, call a retreat for the uh, Elvish troops that are fighting outside this castle? Uh, honestly, I'd rather just cast Featherfall on my father's head and send it out there. That Th- sounds good that's to me. That works for me. <laughs> All right, so you guys do that. The fighting, there's sort of like some confusion, and then the fighting sort of winds down. Um, Reverian's forces uh, surrendering or retreating and um, it looks like the battle is over. No idea at all where they might have gone to perform this ritual. Uh, Well, they were here earlier so probably probably not that far. I don't know. But um, I think that they've probably got quite a lot of uh, head start on you. In all of my preparation and research of the Condath Forest and, mem- and important places in the Condath Forest, everything that I had to do leading up to this, do I have any idea of a particularly magically powerful site or anywhere they might go to perform some kind of ritual to end the fucking world? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so th- there's, um, there's a number of... Very ancient places, places that were once elven strongholds because of the magic 
um, that the elves employed and the elves were there because it was magical, kind of the self-sustaining cycle thing. Um, and, uh, they're all about a half day's journey, um, in different directions from here. And this is sort of the center. Um, and as you're sort of recalling this and telling this to everyone, um, I'd like everyone to make a dexterity, dexterity saving throw for me. Do I have advantage? I don't think you see this coming. Okay. 14 for Crethlin. 18 from Darren. Uh, 17 for Oberon. Okay. 16 Bankard. Okay. So um, as you are all still standing in the room trying to figure out what to do next, um, you hear sort of a... And you hear um, the tree below you... Ah. Um, splitting and it's getting louder and louder and louder until uh, you hear sort of this big rumble and this large like crack and um, you hear a and a roar. Ah, well, from from whence? From the room on the other, like the big room where you Uh, initially encountered Anna. Uh, so there's a closed door in the way. Uh, you closed it, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if it got closed. A bunch of us piled in that room. I want to look in the other room, room and see yeah, where yeah, that yeah, roar came from. Open that door. As, uh, just as Oberon, you're taking the lead. Yep, as I usually do. <laughs> um, just as you do, um, and actually all of you see this. You see an elven-looking man stand before you. Uh, pops right in the doorway. It's like, whoa, kiddo, uh, this is not the place that we want to be. So, um, yeah, take your good look, uh, and we're getting out of here. Uh, what do I see? You see a giant uh, blue dragon, uh, like the ones that you've seen in storybooks, with a green stripe down one side and a red stripe down the other. It, as soon as you poke your head out, it like turns its head like um, sharply towards the door and like rears back. And he's like, and uh, here's some is like, time to go. <laughs> Agreed. Um, and you find yourselves poof, standing in the road, you and Anna's four brothers and Lariel and the four of you uh, in the middle of the road right outside of Baldur's Gate. Is Hearsome there with us? Nope. I immediately shout out to nothing, yelling, What about Andre? What about the airship? What about the people who are fighting with us? What just happened? What the fuck was that? Was that a dragon? That was a dragon, and the elvish-looking man was Hearsome. He has to take us back. Exactly. He has to take us back. What? Hearsome! Do you think we can handle that? That huge dragon? You think Doesn't matter. Our allies are still there. Wellbees still there. We can't leave them behind. Oh, that, oh, that's so true. Uh, Bankard, roll perception for me. Twenty. All right. So while everyone is like yelling and freaking out, you're not really saying much. You're just kind of looking around, trying to figure it out, and you see, docked uh, in Baldur's Gate, a very familiar airship, just floating. Uh, I uh. Here's some. Bring, bring I, us uh, back! Look over at the airship and look over at the guys. I kind of tap Kreslin real quick and point. What do you... 
Oh, what the fuck? Look. I shrug. You didn't want that guy's help? <sighs> I mean, I, I just have this feeling like he's not that great of a guy, but... And I gesture meaningfully at the airship and that us standing here and say nothing. <laughs> Yo, uh, brothers, not us. You seem, you seem like a smart gentleman. Any idea where that dragon came from? Those were some uh, distinctive markings on his or her face there. No, I've never seen anything like that before. I never want to see anything like that again. Do you know if the ritual had anything to do with dragons? I, I would assume so, considering there's a dragon. Ah, so you think this is the fruition of the ritual? Probably. I don't know. No, 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 we do not. We don't know. Right. Not to, um, not to be like, I don't know, think I'm unappreciative, but I'm really hurt. I'm really tired. <laughs> Lyra's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Here. <sighs> and she casts mass cure wounds. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Uh, and you're all healed. Um, 21 points. Sorry, yeah. um, let's, uh, I suppose it's only a short walk to, to Brins. That's exactly what I was going to suggest. Wait. Uh, something tells me we're not done dealing with that dragon. Hold on a second. Remember our friend B- Bumblefug? Uh, Grundlefug. Yes, from the forest. I do. He had scales on his face. Do you have any other distinct uh, markings similar to that dragon? Do you remember him having any green and red or anything like that? He was, this was a blue dragon, Grunnelfug, was green scales. Oh, was he? Shit. I look at the white flower I'm carrying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Brins, Brins. Brin might have answers. Maybe. Or at least ideas. We we only have so much time. I, I don't know if that dragon is coming after Baldur's Gate. I lead the charge to Brins. <laughs> sure. So uh, you walk to Brins. It's about a 30-minute walk. You all go in. Brins uh, sitting in his room. Uh, no, he's sitting downstairs. Uh, it's quiet uh, in the bar. He's, is the bartender there? The bartender is there. Pour out some brews, my friend. Rupert, was it? Yeah. We have a story, and I tell both Rupert and Bryn everything that transpired uh, of import. Okay, so uh, he pours out the beers for all of you. I down the first one immediately. He pours you another one. I hand Kreflin the uh, my uh, mine because I'm too busy talking. <laughs> and, I drink them both um, at the same time. There's a very happy reunion between Bryn and Anna, um, and uh, and a. Cold but friendly reunion between him and, and the other four. <laughs> um, and uh, you didn't notice when you first walked in, but um, uh, there's a golden-haired uh, human um, sitting uh, just in the back corner away from where everybody else is. Uh, and... Uh, do we recognize said humanoid? He don't. You don't. Um, but he comes out and he says, you don't know me at all. And I just wanted to thank you all for all that you've done. 
You've stopped a terrible atrocity from happening. I know it doesn't seem it. I know what was released today, but it could have been much worse were it not for your efforts. If all 12 stones had been enacted, it would have brought her back at the height of her power. Her being the dragon? Yes. Who are you? You may call me Algernon. Algernon? Yes. I, I look him up and down. Does he seem human, elf? He looks human, but not something about him bugs you. What are you, Algernon? A dragon. Uh, <laughs> you know, I came in to this job to do some cleaning. And I gotta tell you, the water is awful muddy right now. I'm gonna need you to do some explaining, Algernon. So uh, he goes on to explain that uh, the stones were um, soul stones uh, that were hidden in different planes to keep them from ever coming together again. Uh, And they held the stone of uh, the original dragon. Oh, Oh, man. Um, Stuff of legends. And uh, having just four enacted only allowed her to come back at a third of her power, which means she's defeatable. And he says that he'll come to see you again when the time is right. You've uh, completed more than he could have ever foreseen, even with his powers. Thanks you again. Leaves you a lot of gold <laughs> and uh, sort of shimmers out of view. Wait, I still have questions. Damn it. What does he mean when the time is right? How many right? dragons is that? How many people is that dragon going to kill? Exactly. Just in the meantime. Fucking dragons. But hey, gold. How much gold? <laughs> 18,000 gold in uh, platinum, gold, and electum. We could buy a bag of holding with that. <laughs> <laughs> we could buy all the bloody bags of holding we, we, we need. Um, so as you guys are still sort of reeling from everything, um, the door bursts open and... Uh, Kreslin Partentelin. Ah! <laughs> And I like I like turn around with my with my and I like get my pick out and I like like look I'm about ready to attack. What the hell happened? <laughs> Who is it? It's Andre. Yeah. Well, I figured I wanted to. I was like, oh, and I dropped the pick and I run over to her and I like pick her up and smack her on the face with a kiss. Yes, the kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it's always you know we save that stuff for the private private rooms. Um, Aww. <laughs> Uh, Oberon <laughs> smugly grabs a drink and drinks. <laughs> Where were you? How did you get back? I don't know. I, just all of a sudden, we were we were docked here, and I was like, I had no idea what to do. And I I know that you had been working with ah, the thieves guild and that creepy elf fella. Ah, fucking Oberon and these weird little books and oh, things. Oh, what did Oberon Delgado do now? I wave. <laughs> hey, Andre. Well, th- thank you, Oberon, for... Got your back. Uh, Cute you... couple. 
Uh-huh. You shut your fucking mouth. I'm just, my heart is just so warm right now. And I chucked my empty beer mug at you. <laughs> oh, at shit. You. <laughs> I intentionally miss. I still die for the ground. <laughs> uh, and Welby, how's the crew? They're all fine. They're back taking care of the Valiant. And we sustained more than a couple of hits, but it's repairable. Well, I'm sure the team wouldn't mind helping you with the repairs, just judging on how much you've helped us. We, no, ooh. not at all. Uh, and your fair share of the bounty. Absolutely. There's gold. I Platinum. see that. That's a huge pile of money. I don't, are you, you know you're in a thieves guild strong, you know that they steal, sorry, Darren. <laughs> uh, I, I have been trying to, I've been sitting in a booth kind of a, like a little sullen, trying to like, Sink into the background. <laughs> pint of beer. I'm uh, like, fine. Did you see the dragon? No. Was there a dragon? I missed a dragon? Ugh. It's one hell of a sight, let me tell you. Let me tell you the story. And I tell her the story. <laughs> uh, and as Oberon is barding it up, um, uh, Lyriel comes over to Darren and scooches over. It's good to see you okay, L'Oreal. You, you too. Yeah, we made it out. That's something to be thankful for. I feel like you're not that thankful. No, I'm very grateful to be alive. I, I just... Uh, I must admit, I thought this was going to be my last job, but it sounds like my work isn't done here yet. I feel almost responsible for making sure that, you know, whatever... Was released today doesn't hurt anybody. Doesn't hurt any any more people. Well, you know, the funny thing about dragons is that they're very calculating. They take a long time to do things. I've met more than a few. And I think we've got some time. And I think perhaps you should take it. You have a daughter, don't you? I do. Perhaps... I, well, I've got quite a big place all to myself. Perhaps the two of you would like to come visit. I, I think we'd like that very much. Maybe pass through the forest on our way up. And I, if it's true and dragons take a long time to do things, well, who knows? Maybe I could settle down for a couple of years. But I can't retire just yet. Whenever Algernon comes back, whenever that threat returns, I need to be ready. And you know what? Maybe Ruth will be, too. I think that sounds like the only real plan. And so if it wasn't for me (laughs) casting hold person at exactly the right time, we all would have been dead. Wow. Really? Yeah, I basically saved everyone. I mean, the dragon still came out, but... Oh, oh, whoa, hold on. You forgot a very crucial part. Well, yeah, you a cut- critical part, you could say. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that was implied as well. I mean, yeah, I talked about you know the you cutting the head off and the dragon coming up, but come on, I mean, get the whole, that whole person, right? Am I right? I I'll that drink was pretty to good. That. I was made up for all the other ones you missed. Uh, don't, no, no, uh, don't just ignore that, Andrew. Kreslin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, I the ship's actually pretty beat up. I mm-hmm. 
Do you want to come back and check it out? Maybe you can I help should me probably with the help with repairs. Yes. Do you guys? Do you guys want some help <laughs> with the repairs? I mean, I, I'm willing to help. I have mending. You it's a spell. Shut I can. Your fucking uh, mouth, <laughs> you bard fuck. You and know what, Oberon? I don't think we know a whole lot about airships, and we should just leave that to the experts. And I wink at Crethlin. Uh, hey, Crethlin, before you go, good work out there. I go over to Darren. I look him in the eye, and I uh, stick out my hand for a clasp. I clasp. We <laughs> clasp men. For <laughs> <laughs> it's been an honor working with an elf. And with a mountain dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> ah. uh, I buy everybody a round of whatever strong spirit he has back there. There's some uh, old one I ale. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, what, is that significant <laughs> in some way? <laughs> Shut up, David. <laughs> uh, and I pound a quick one, and uh, we never picked a name, you guys. I do a chair. To the party. The party. I raise up my mug. I do the same. Soon and to be slayer of dragons, perhaps. <laughs> and I cheers. Everybody <laughs> raises their glass. Yay, chink. And uh, bottoms I'll up. meet up with you guys later. I'm going to stop by the temple and check on those paladins that came out with us. Of course. Uh, so as you're heading up the road, there is a familiar face heading down it towards you, Bankard. Who is it? It is a very familiar half-elf. Oh. Bankard, um, you're here and alive, and I was so worried. Oh, uh, we're, we're fine. We're all fine. No need to worry. Your father's okay, too. Oh, thank you so uh, much. He's... And she runs up and, like, doesn't even break stride and hugs you. Plate mail and all. <laughs> or <laughs> splint mail and all. <laughs> I hold her up, feet off the ground. Oh, what? really great to see you too i uh there's a moment there i was it's pretty worried uh magic magic hurts a lot <laughs> i'm glad you came back i'm glad to be back and, and i'm I, glad you're here waiting for me i think that um you owe me a lunch was it bank card smiles yeah i think that would be great and uh she Grab your hand and uh, heads back towards. We walk off into the sunset. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, then I kind of lean in. When we get back to the bar, though, we should probably t- make it easy. I don't know if your dad's completely cool with this yet. <laughs> uh, he's an old what softy. You... Oh, no, don't get me wrong. What, it, what he doesn't know won't hurt him, but. Cuthbert be praised, <laughs> am I right? Um. Holding hands on the way to the Cuthbert Temple. You, you, uh, yeah, you head off to the Cuthbert Teen Temple and uh, feel very relieved to have finished your first assignment out in the field. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the how many how many uh, Cuthbert teens uh, made it back? About half. I do. I request to do the final rites for those that fell. Um, you do, and their families are very appreciative. And I just drink with everybody. I drink with Bryn. I drink with Anna. I drink with Anna's brothers. <laughs> I tell them all about everything we did. Because, you know, Bryn only got cliff notes. 
Meanwhile, I'm like going around with like that gem that has Antor in it. Like, anyone know how to get this guy out? Anyone? Uh, anyone at all? Ah, whatever. Um, and uh, it turns out that Nautis is a bit of a bard himself. Ooh. And uh, you guys trade bard stories late into the night. Nice. And uh, yeah. And 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 more. <laughs> Roll charisma. Woo! Are you fucking kidding me? What do you roll? Natural one for Oberon. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. I had too much to drink. <laughs> it's the one I just put you over, man. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. <laughs> He uh, tucks you into bed and uh, leaves you there. <laughs> well done. And uh, uh, is, is Darren still at the bar? I am. Yes. How do you react to Ruth and Bankard walking in? You guys, you guys walk in together. I yep. like. Uh, I I turn to see them. Like uh, my eyes narrow, and I'm like, "Hey, Bankard, why don't you come over here?" Oh, Ruth, you too. <laughs> Hi, Ruth. Good to see you. Hi, Dad. And I made she it gives back. you a peck, peck on the cheek. It's, it's good to see you again, Ruth. Uh, did uh, did Bankard tell you about his exploits? Uh, some, yeah. It, I'm, it sounds... I'm glad you're back. Guy's putting me out of the job. <laughs> you know, Bankard, I've been thinking. I think I might be done cleaning for a little while yet. Uh... And you know, based on your performance back there, that was uh, an awful clean cut. I was wondering if you would, wouldn't mind, you know, taking on the mantle, being the cleaner. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of what I do anyway. I'd have to have very specific targets. Uh, evil, not, not random. The purifier, then. <laughs> I think I might settle down, just be a doorman for a while. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, if you wanted to settle down, I wouldn't be averse to it. I'll just, you Uh, know... You see the biggest smile, you've seen Bankard smile, and uh, he looks at Ruth. A big old uh, mustache smile. I can't deny it. Both of you, excellent taste. (laughs) Next round's on me. And uh, Oberon is super drunk at this point in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> you guys so good looking and mustache, yeah. you know. <laughs> and he, he like reaches out and touches my, my mustache. Yeah. I, oh, so just fuzzy. Like quickly hand grabs, moves it away. And uh, you guys uh, celebrate in your own ways for the rest of the night and uh, wait to hear from Algernon in the future. And thus ends the campaign? Yep. Dang. Dang. For now. Welcome to Essential <laughs> where we sample some of the best and, and possibly some, some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. Hi. And I'm Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, 
welcome to the post game chatter. Yeah. For uh, the conclusion of series one, Dungeons and Dragons uh, on Essential NPCs. I am Addie, your DM. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, and with me, um, I have the entire cast. All right. So I'm let's. Covert. I played Vanguard, Paladin. Uh, I am Tommy. I play Oberon, the handsome, dashing Oberon Delgado. I'm Seth. I played Kreflin, the mountain dwarf. <laughs> uh, I'm Sean. I'm Darren Draug. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you guys uh, sent in a bunch of questions, and so we're going to get right to them. Um, we're also going to, I'm sure it will... Uh, there will be some chatter about yeah, some what the hell just there. happened. How dare we? <laughs> um, we just, uh, for some perspective, we just finished uh, the campaign literally 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about it, and uh, you will hear all of that. So let's get started. All right. Do you want to pitch the first question or should I? Or? Sure. So, um, so uh, this is a pretty good one to start out. Um, this is from Gordon. Um, which other character would you have liked to play? Uh, this includes NPCs and <laughs> uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, I would like to have played Ruth. Honestly. Yeah, Ruth was kind of my waiting in the wings yeah. character. We actually did have a conversation halfway through this uh, through this campaign where we were talking about what would happen if any of us actually died mm. and who we would who would pick up like oh, and sure. take the place in the party because I we didn't want to happy to give Ruth away too, yeah. to let someone else play Ruth. It so would have been interesting that dynamic. There was the there was Ruth, there was Lariel, there was Bryn, and I don't know if we had, oh Andre. That was the that was like the it four backups. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would have yeah. been Andre for yeah. sure. For we were me. like we're like okay. Okay, so like if we TPK, like who's <laughs> <laughs> gonna pick up? The like who? Which characters are we gonna step into? And I was like, I, I would like to be Bryn. Um, I'm sure either I don't know yeah, about the rest yeah. of you. I, I, I would have liked to have played Ruth, not I because think we all of, wanted to play. you know <laughs> right. so, I didn't want to play Parker. She seems like a fighter Ruth. type, right? She's a fighter type. All right, no, I'm sure Welby would have been a fucking killing machine. He did have that ghost knife. Yeah, yeah, that knife was bomb. I can't wait for Welby to show up later in another like edition of of Dungeons and Dragons as like a fully grown like fighter character still wielding that knife. Totally, absolutely. He's got fucking, like, prison tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, Andrew's just a natural choice. She's a badass captain of a fucking airship. Right? She has an entire crew behind her. Yeah. Brethlin dies, she's probably going to go and avenge him. So. Right, right. We all had our people backed up, like, who who would step up and, like, which characters we'd all step into. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. a great question. What about you, that's Addie? Awesome. Who would you have played? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, considering that many of these characters were actually PCs of mine previously, uh, Lariel and Anna in particular, mm -hmm. um, and Andrew was a p part of my uh, portion of uh, an Eldritch Knight that I had. Nice. Um, but without the magic, I guess. So just a fighter. Um, <laughs> um but uh, as for the party, I probably would have liked to play a uh, bank card yeah. uh, because I've never in my life played a paladin. Mm. Uh, oh. Interesting. And he has a sweet mustache. And though. the mustache. Yeah. 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 that mustache is like a real challenge. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no, that picture, you look just like uh, Freddie Mercury. It's no joke. It's great. Yeah. Uh, we, I actually part part of the inspiration for the artist was actually um, Tom Selleck. I, <laughs> I sent her a picture of Tom Selleck <laughs> and awesome. was like, kind of like this, but a paladin. Right, right. <laughs> uh, 
Addy, you, you actually, so you did a really great job. I know you mentioned like um, some of those uh, NPCs were your characters, like, uh, and there, a lot of a lot of them were obviously very powerful, even above the power level of the party. So, mm-hmm. like, definitely uh, kudos for putting in fully fleshed out characters that yeah. didn't overshadow the party. That, yeah, like, absolutely. Definitely yeah. served the story and like, but didn't like take spotlight. They were just like important parts of the story and like For sure. provided help where it was needed. That's right. like a really tough balance. Yeah, because to a lot of times you end up with like GMs who will put in a character and then just end up like playing with the party. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Right. yeah, I'm very, very against uh, Yeah, you, you got rid of L'Oreal after she did one attack. She, she actually <laughs> did fail. Uh, so she wild magic surge. What happened? actually um so she uh cast um magic missile mm. uh at level like seven um and uh and uh she rolled on the wild magic table because she had uh twisted some fate uh <laughs> and um and uh, rolled a one. Man. Oh, that's like this magic storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, on the wild magic table, if you roll a one um, or a two, it's just constant wi- wild magic surges. Oh, no, 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 no. She rolled a nine on the table. Oh, okay. She uh, rolled a one to, to surge. M- gotcha, okay. Uh, and then after, and so she got fireball. She fireballed herself. Um, <laughs> Fire the nickel. <laughs> uh, that's 8d6 fire damage. Yeah. Mm. Uh, she took like 42 damage, and then... Um, uh, failed her wisdom saving throw when uh, Reverian uh, banished her. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, usually I fudge rolls. I did not fudge a single roll. Nice. Uh, <laughs> during that last... Uh, during the last, of... actually, three uh, three episodes. Nice. Uh, did Gordon have any other questions for us? Um, No, actually. Just the one? Uh, I have a, I have a few questions from a few people. Sure. Um, unless you want to you wanna do one from the email or... Sure. Uh, I have a couple of... Questions for from Sammy. Okay. Um, oh, and the first one is for me. Um, how different is it to DM for a podcast uh, versus a regular game? Very, very, very different. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a regular game, uh, you there isn't really a time constraint. You're usually playing for four hours, and you know the party does kind of whatever they want. Uh, whereas uh, for a podcast, you've got to make it episodic enough uh but still open enough that the that the story is continued but the players don't feel railroaded yeah if we could if we did whatever we want we just like we spent an entire episode shopping i think right Uh, right. so we we weren't very good at just like hey what do you want to do it's also worth pointing out like for the players it Mm -hmm. is slightly different playing on the podcast than playing in a in a home game because again like you said like we could spend like an entire like on a home game session where we're sitting for like seven hours you know we could spend forever like doing whatever or yeah. like going on some random because it's entertaining to us like right. we're the time. but we right. actually we have an audience in mind we're trying to tell a story not just for us but yeah. for an audience right so we don't try to let it change how our characters behave but we at least keep that in mind whenever we're like thinking about like doing something goofy or, or, you know, running down like an alley that doesn't seem to go anywhere, you know, but that's like that. I think that shows like one of the positive aspects of metagaming, which is like often looked down upon, but like metagaming in a way that serves the story that advances the story is actually like a really good habit to get into. That's true. Like, 
uh, making the most interesting choice for the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like everything Seth ever does. <laughs> exactly. I, I just know, yeah, having played with Seth a lot, like he always just like, like take uh take what was what was her fucking name? Uh, Verna. <laughs> it was like, oh, you have like the obvious choice, like this spirited young halfling, uh, yeah. very reminiscent of uh, Andre, or you have Ooh. Verna, and you're like, hey, what would happen if I picked Verna? I'm going with Verna. <laughs> It didn't um, work out that well. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, uh, one final thought on that is that um, the I prefaced the entire uh, podcast with, okay, guys, take the hook, uh, which mm-hmm. means if I give you a seemingly important plot point, don't just throw it away and go shopping. Take the plot point. Yeah, because uh, we want to make the episodes entertaining. Right, uh, and that was a big important part, which we mostly succeeded on. Yeah. Uh, what, did Sammy have some... I think she has more questions. Yeah, she did. All right. Um, uh, for those of you uh, who's... This is your first foray into a D&D campaign. Uh, how is How does this compare to other RPGs you've played? Oh, God, there's no edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so so Co- Covert and I, we, we've uh, mostly played Shadowrun, which is going to be series two um, coming up. Uh, but uh, yeah, so in Shadowrun, there's a there's basically a luck stat called Edge, which basically if you roll shitty, you can use up your Edge stat to re-roll and hopefully not roll shitty. Uh, that doesn't exist in D anD. d You roll a natural one, and you're just rolling a natural yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, which which sucks because it and it sounds ridiculous. But anybody that rolls dice knows that there's just some unlucky people. And as you can tell with Oberon, and <laughs> usually usually me as well. It's like, oh, okay, I have a one in 100 chance of messing this up. And I'll mess it up like eight times <laughs> in, a, in a game. So so with... So when, when I roll poorly, I just felt like helpless. Just like, ah! You know? And... Uh, I mean, it's, it, it made things interesting uh, on a positive note. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely not complaining. Um, and it just means I have to plan better um, instead of being, okay. being able to succeed or counting on succeeding like I could in Shadowrun. Yeah. And, and – uh... Sean, you've played quite a bit of D and D. Seth, did you you played like a little, right? Yeah, I've played a little bit of D and D before. Yeah, before I started playing with you. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so, so for some perspective, uh, Seth uh, Covert and I have played numerous home games together. Uh, Sean hasn't played with any of us before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we had we crossed paths on a one shot. On one on a one shot. Yeah, we did a little one shot with some mutual friends, and uh, and that's when we were like, we need Sean on the podcast. <laughs> um, and I then, let your arm get pulped, bro. Yeah, I lost an arm in that <laughs> campaign. Um, uh, and then. Uh, uh, Addie has played a couple games with us, but not really before the podcast. Uh, since the podcast has happened, you've played a few games with us. Um, yeah. So, so Seth Covert and I, we were pretty familiar with each other. Uh, Seth, do you have any like having played a bunch of other stuff with us and not much D anD D? Do you have anything uh, comparisons? No, 
No. It's like, no. <laughs> it's neat. It's, it's like, like it's it's kind of I kind of view it the the same way. Some things are easier to do, and some things are harder to do. And it doesn't inform your decisions at all. Yeah. No, usually, yeah, usually I I play I don't play the same character, but I play like the same role in the party, like the person who does the random shit. The that wild yeah. sometimes moves things forward. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the wild um, card is very important. And her last question uh, is: uh, Would you play D anD D again? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would. I've played it a ton since yeah. we started the podcast. Yeah, I, I haven't played like a ton of D&D, but I'm always game. For yeah. sure, yeah. I, I usually run Pathfinder with my home with my current home group. I'm definitely going to pitch 5e. I think it's a very simple and elegant system. And I, mm-hmm. I would definitely use it to introduce new players to role-playing systems. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was the perfect uh, system to start the podcast with, too. Agreed. I uh, definitely. Well, that and it's just like, you it's know. It's a classic you, one. Synonymous with role-playing games. Yeah, when you like, think yeah, role-playing yeah. games, you think Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I mean, every time I'm trying to tell someone like who doesn't play role-playing games about like, they're like, "Oh, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm playing a game. Oh, what kind of game? Oh, I'm playing like Shadowrun. Like, what's that?" I'm like, "Have you ever heard of D and D?" Yeah, that's, that's how all my conversations go. Sammy had another question, didn't she? I can check. Oh, yep. There is another one. Yeah. One more question. Yay. Yeah. Sam, yeah, I just I now remembered. I had read I had read Sammy's Sammy's uh uh email uh, and there was there's definitely one about editing, right? Uh how much Ooh. time does Addie spend each week preparing for the adventure and how long does it take to edit it for the podcast? Yeah. So do you want to start with the Sure. Um well each week is a I I built out a lot before we even started. Um, and that was really, uh, important because, uh, when it comes to it, uh, I do a lot of it on the fly. Uh, so I have to be able to, and I have to trust these guys and I do, um, to not suck. (laughs) Um, and, and, uh, and, give me things to go with, uh, which they do. And so, but there's a lot of world building that goes on. Uh, initially, I spend a lot of my commute to and from work every day thinking <laughs> about it. Uh, so, so I, I'd say like 10 hours. No, just kidding. It's probably closer to four. Uh, as far as editing goes, it was actually a, a, a process that uh, developed throughout this series. Um, it started out being an extremely daunting thing for me to edit uh, the episodes. Um, I, I had done some editing. I, I uh, had used a few different editing programs for like videos and stuff. Like in high school, you know, I was somewhat familiar with it. Uh, but editing just audio is a completely different game. And uh, I definitely it started out being a really long process for me to edit an episode. And it, it became this thing because like we, we like recorded long enough ahead of time that like I was supposed to have enough lead out to complete a few episodes before we actually started releasing them. Um, and I did not spend that time editing. I just spent that time hanging out and not doing anything. And then it became time for me to edit. And I was like, Oh shit, I have to edit a whole bunch of episodes all at once. So I've been this whole series. I've been editing uh, episodes right before they come out and being like, man, if only I had given myself enough lead out, I could, you know, have like, an episode done, you know, before, before two days before it's supposed to come out or something. Um, but it, uh, it's been getting a lot quicker and that's actually probably a good thing that I had that fire underneath me to get it like done, you know, last minute. Um, because it made me start to learn how to use this editing program more efficiently to, uh, narrow it down. Like at the beginning of this series, editing one episode probably was, uh, I would spend, 
on average like three hours a night for like five nights of the week um or like lose an entire day and a half like i'd have like two days off in the week i would one day i'd be like no one talk to me no one do anything i'm just editing all day and then the whole half of the next day doing it again and i was like this is not sustainable um and now uh i've gotten to the point where i can edit an episode from start to finish, uh, you know, we record words with the DM, um, and I edit words with the DM and the episode from start to finish within an hour and a half to two hours. Um, well not, not, that's, that's probably not accurate actually. It's probably more like two and a half to three hours because, because the episodes themselves at, at raw are an hour and like 45 minutes to two hours. And so like now I've gotten it. So like, I don't have to like go back and listen to things over and over again. I can just like cut, 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 cut and like trim the stuff. Most of what I'm trimming is just like dead air when we're like rolling and counting like what our modifiers are. And then also, uh, um, there's moments where like there's noise outside and we have to pause and wait for the noise to finish. And I cut all that. And then on occasion, uh, we as players, uh, lose focus and start making some jokes. <laughs> uh, it happens a lot. Like when Addie has like something to look up and she starts looking something up. So we start like, you know, you know, goofing around Brilliant. basically. And, or air uh, horns. Yeah. And air horns come into play and, uh, and like, you know, I'll, like, I'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> And uh, I actually, I, I have a, a super cut, which will probably come out um, uh, in between series one and series two of, uh, of what I like to call series one bloops. The bloops. The bloops. Uh, oh, it's the bloops <laughs> reel. Um, it's all the like, it's, it's, it's not all of, but it's like the best of like us goofing around or like moments before or after sessions when we're all like being silly. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that. Um, but there's actually not too much I have to cut uh, now. And the hardest part for me was like trying to get the levels to all work. And now I've kind of figured out a efficient way to do that in the system. So now I'm, you know, it's, it doesn't take me too long. It only takes me two and a half, three and a half hours, something like that. Um, which is a huge relief for me. <laughs> now I don't have to lose my mind. Um, all right. Uh, I have, that was the last for Sammy, that right? That was her last okay. question. Okay. Uh, I have some questions here. Uh, uh, I have a few from, uh, one Bree Shukart, uh, a friend of mine. Um, two, the first two are for Addie. Oh, um, what are the resources you use when you create your adventures, and what tips would you give a new DM looking to create their own? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. All mm. right. So, um, part one: um, What resources do I use? Um, I use literally everything. Uh, it's a horrible answer. Um, but basically in addition to, um, characters I've played, um, you know, and, and the books, um, and just knowing the rules, um, I also, uh, just think about what I want and then figure out a way to justify it within the rules. Um, not what I would recommend for a new (laughs) DM to do, uh, because that's a lot of work instead, uh, actually for a new DM, Um, I would totally recommend, um, either playing a little bit in organized play or, um, uh, finding one of the pre-made short adventures and running that, uh, and then jumping off from there, uh, because it's, uh, it, they're set up to actually teach you how to DM. You've got everything right in front of you. Hmm. Um, uh, but you can always just buy the DM manual or, you know, the DMG, uh, for 5e and it, it teaches you, you could read it. It's like 300 pages. <laughs> um, and it, uh, the most, Im- the, the most fun stuff is the items in the middle. They're in like 217. Hmm. Um, yeah. 
uh, and then her second question specifically for Addie was, what is the most common problem for a DM to run into and how have you solved it in the past? And then uh, perhaps in this campaign it occurred. Players. <laughs> Players are always the problem. Every battle plan is perfect until it makes contact with the enemy. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I have a... I have a problem with my dice. Um, <laughs> they tend to kill people. So uh, in a podcast uh, where you really don't want people to die, um, you end up uh, maybe thinking about, okay, so maybe that's not a four, maybe it's a six, or maybe that's not a critical hit, maybe it's an 18, um, just to uh, not completely flatten everyone. Um to scare us. Yeah. Uh, game balance is actually, I mean, I know that I always say, like, your players will never do what you want them to do. But that's and, where the magic of the game comes from, yeah, not really right. the problem. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem is really um, wanting to follow the rules to the letter. Uh, because if you do uh, rule out in the open, I promise you will kill your players. Every time. <laughs> Every single time. Every fucking time. Yeah. The DM screen is for the player's protection, actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is a benevolent shield uh, yeah. from the mercilessness of random chance. <laughs> I, I, I DM um, for some organized play, actually. Uh, and... Uh, I had a group of players who were like, well, you're, we should, you know, you should roll in the open because, you know, we can't see what you're doing and maybe you're trying to kill us. And I was like, all right. <laughs> uh, and they all died. Yeah, so, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what you fucking get. Because um, you can't, you can't be, you can't lessen the blows. Uh, yeah. And that's really, you can't moderate the game uh, that way. And that takes a lot of skill, uh, I think, to, to yeah. judge like, how to, when to hit, when to not hit. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily mean sparing a character's life. It means just not, like, making it... Not murder hoboing, man. Yeah, like, you gotta... <laughs> like, if a character's gonna die, it should be uh, not, like, super demoralizing. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh... King off something you said earlier, would you consider doing a more lethal campaign on a podcast? Um, yes. Uh, I would. Yeah, I had backup characters in case Oberon died. After yeah, the after the very first recording session, I was like, "Oh, I should probably be ready to die." <laughs> um, <laughs> after you came so close, so yeah. many times. Yeah, because uh, this this is this was a new thing, and we hadn't decided what was going to happen if character died, or and we didn't know, and I didn't know exactly where the story was going to go. Um, I was a little afraid of killing you guys sort of prematurely. I kind of want to kill it, wanted to kill you today, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, so, uh, yes, actually one of the ideas I have for one of the short stories is a uh, survival of the fittest, uh, role-playing game. A short story meaning short series. Short series, sorry. Yeah. Uh, role-playing game where we potentially have a lock-in and people leave as they die. Yeah, we play with like 12 players and slowly all die off. Um, <laughs> that's not a promise because I haven't figured out what that would be yeah, yet. Yeah, what system are we going to do? Well, <laughs> I guess end of the world maybe? Uh, all right, um, so the, Bree has some questions for the players also. Um, what was the hardest thing you had to do throughout the campaign? Not necessarily the hardest thing your character had to do, but something that challenged you as a player. Uh, anyone anyone want to take the first jab at this one? Definitely. Uh, probably uh, what, during the dungeons, 
trying to solve the puzzles just because since I'm playing remotely, I don't have the visuals to mm. keep everything together. <laughs> so that's why I was very quiet during the puzzle solving <laughs> sequences. Yeah, you have a whole set of challenges that the rest of us don't with the fact that you play remotely. <laughs> yeah, because like, I'm, and normally I'm pretty good at puzzles and putting things together. But I can only keep so much in my mind's eye when I'm <laughs> trying to piece everything together. So uh, that's 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 why I was quiet a lot. And also, uh, and this isn't this is knocking you guys, but uh, also playing remotely. Uh, when I want to say something, uh, I don't I don't have the body language. It's like, hey, I'm getting ready to talk. Right, so right. Sometimes, so sometimes I don't get to say. And I'm not like mad about it or bitter or plotting. <laughs> no, no, not at all. He does know where we live. <laughs> uh, but that's that's why I was often quiet throughout the throughout some of the role playing sequences. Uh, but other than that, I, I mean, it's it's not a big deal. Yes, yeah. that's I'm, something we're often I'm quiet anyway. So yeah, and that's something we're planning on uh, on hopefully getting better on as we get more comfortable in the podcast uh, scenario where we can kind of like cue into when, when you're going to say something and not talk over it. Like as you rejoin us for future series. Uh, what about, what about uh, Seth? Uh, I think, I think for me it was uh, choosing how hardcore I wanted to role play my character because <laughs> originally he was, he was a lot angrier than I was playing him. He had all these like rules that his clan had, had set up as part of their culture. And I was, if anybody offended him, I was just going to like straight up attack. <laughs> and then a lot of the situations were in that, that wouldn't have worked out. Uh, like it had something, sometimes I had to do with just moving the story forward. And then sometimes I had to do with, well, okay, this person's my friend. Like if I attack them, then they're just not going to help us anymore. And <laughs> <laughs> So, like, sometimes that was okay, but uh, a lot of the time, I, I kind of had to tone down Kreflin for as as weird as I wanted to make him. Maybe he was learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he, he had to spend some time out in the world uh, yeah. before before he started the campaign. So, that, that that's kind of, like, the role-playing excuse for it. <laughs> what about you, uh, 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 Sean? The, yeah, there's a, always an interesting challenge in the discrepancy between your character's abilities and your abilities as a player. Mm. <laughs> there's lots of, like, situations where I'm like, God, uh, Darren would know what to do, but I'm sure as fuck don't. <laughs> like, because, like, I was, I was racking my brain trying to find creative uses for the immovable rod basically this whole, mm. this whole time. And, and those moments of, like, disempowerment where, like, all of our stuff is gone, we're stuck yeah. in a dark root cellar, yeah. like, trying to break out. It's like, Darren would have all the answers right now. <laughs> Me, fuck. God, <laughs> what do I fucking do? <laughs> and what about you? Uh... Really, there wasn't much hard for me to do during this campaign in particular. Um, I mean, I just like every time I rolled the dice, even when they came up bad, I loved it. Like I just it always seemed like Oberon's dice were just like doing exactly what I thought they should. And it was hilarious um, or awesome in some situations. Um, I think for me, since I'm, I'm kind of like the tech guy, uh, I think the hardest part is being the bad guy. And this isn't something that's just going to pertain to this campaign. It's going to have to pertain to forever in the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to have to be the guy who like when 
there's a noise outside that's going to pick up on like on the the mics and like drown someone out or something like I have to stop everyone in the middle of an important like role playing moment and like have them go back and say something again. I have to be the sound guy who's like, oh, no, we didn't. That didn't catch. You were off your mic or, oh, wait, hold on. Our dog decided to like fart really loudly at that moment. We have or, to go back. No, covert. Don't play your air horn. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I had to ban oh, air yeah, horns in the studio. The yeah. I had to be the bad guy. And, and it's not I don't think it's something that's going to get necessarily easier. It's just going to hopefully be something that people who come into the podcast get more used to me just being the asshole who's like, oh, no, stop talking. There's a plane flying overhead and we simply cannot continue. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was definitely definitely the hardest part for me. Uh, one more question from Bree. Uh, what motivated you to create the character that you did? How is this character different slash similar to other characters you've played, and how did the how did that affect your decision to create them? Hmm. I'll, I'll start with this one. I went last last time. Sure. Uh, Oberon is actually really different from characters I've played before um, in that he's very similar to myself, um, but like overly gregarious and clueless in bad moments. Um, and, uh, uh, it's mostly because going into the podcast, I knew I had like a lot of other stuff I had to think about, like editing and like, it was a new system and I didn't know. And like, and I just like, I felt like it was better for me to choose a character who wasn't too far of a stretch for me to role play Mm -hmm. that I could just like be a really upbeat version of myself and then go from there, uh, which is not something I typically do. Uh, in addition to that, I usually don't play magically powerful characters. I usually, uh, choose martial classes. Um, but I knew that our party needed some magic and everything and I'd never really done it. So I felt like, all right, well, instead of adventuring forth into an, for me, uh, an, an unusual role-playing type situation with a character whose personality is far from myself. I'll keep that closer, but I'll go down the mechanical lane in an adventurous way. I will choose mechanics that are are foreign to me. I will be a a caster when I'm usually not a caster. Um, So that's that's kind of how Oberon came to be. Sure. Uh, For me, uh, I usually just start with like leafing through the book and finding a, a class that appeals to me and going into it I was like man I've ugh, everything's so fucking boring it'd be like a half elf or a human or an elf or an <laughs> orc or whatever who gives a shit and then I like happened upon mountain dwarf uh, which <laughs> wasn't something that I'd, I'd heard of I thought they were just like dwarves you know so like and then oh I you said, would think that <laughs> 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 suddenly it doesn't seem so strange that someone would just say dwarf instead of mountain dwarf <laughs> Uh, well, that's exactly where that came from. <laughs> yeah. Too. Um, uh, I think the other thing was that uh, I I also try and pick a class that I haven't played. Barbarians or like fighters, uh, uh, which I don't know. I what was I, last thing? I, the last thing that I played in D anD D was a. Uh, was a druid. Yeah. He was a druid. He was a, an elf druid. Um, and so was, I kind of like played with the idea of, Oh, he's a barbarian. Uh, most of my characters are loners, which I'm not saying Kreflin wasn't, but he came from a society, which I, I thought was really important. Like a difference. Usually it's like, Oh, he's an orphan or like his, all of his loved ones have been killed or whatever. And it, this, instead of 
instead of that this time, it was he voluntarily left the clan that he was a part of because he was bored. <laughs> and so he wanted to go off and like see the rest of the world. Uh, there's a pretty interesting story about how Darren came oh, to right. me. Yeah. So when I was asked to to join the podcast, I was like, when I was thinking about what I was going to do, I was like, oh, you know, I've I've been itching to play a casting class in D&D for a long time. And Tommy <laughs> said the most dreaded words that I could have he- heard at the time, which was, we actually would really like it if you could roll up a rogue. <laughs> and to me, so I have a something of a rogue streak. <laughs> I have I have played like the rogue like pretty much my whole career. And I'm mostly a DM, but a lot of what I've played has been rogues. I've played rogues <laughs> in every system because I always like want to try being like the sneaky ninja guy. And so I was like, all right, another rogue it is. <laughs> so the process behind Darren became like reinvigorating the rogue idea for me. And so like this guy wasn't about like, he wasn't about stealing. He wasn't about like, he wasn't even like a flashy like wit and charm. He was just like he was a criminal. He was a <laughs> hardened like a uh, practical criminal and and the way I kind of got back into the rogue spirit was by finding um like the exact criminal I wanted to be. And I picked Harvey Keitel <laughs> in, his, in his various roles, actually. In oh. his, uh, he, there's also another role where he plays a guy, Victor the Cleaner, uh. in a movie. <laughs> yeah, he plays a guy named Victor the Cleaner. And actually, the wolf from Pulp Fiction was based on him playing that role. Nice. And so, basically, so Harvey Keitel is the starting point for Darren Draug. <laughs> That's awesome. Draug, interestingly, fun fact, is Tolkien's elvish word for wolf. So, <laughs> Which is why when you're talking to uh, uh, Lacrima at one point, she yeah, calls right. you she Wolf calls Man. Uh, <laughs> what about you, uh, Covert? So my character creation process is pretty simple <laughs> and probably pretty annoying to Tommy when he's trying to organize games. Oh. It usually goes like this. Covert, what do you want to play? Oh, I don't know. What's what's a... What's everyone else playing? <laughs> I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Just what do you want to play? Uh, I'll fill in whatever role, man. Just like whatever, <laughs> dude. So finally we settled on, okay, I'll play healer. It doesn't sound like anybody's playing a healer. And so I thought it'd be funny to go with like a cop on the edge trope. <laughs> Originally, weren't you going to play like a cleric? Uh, yeah, I was going to play a cleric, but then... Uh, I decided to go with Paladin to have, like, a more balance. Yeah. And you were going to be, like, a war cleric. Yeah. And the the whole conversation, we were talking about cleric for a really long time. You're like, yeah, but I want to hit stuff really hard. And, like, at a certain point, I was like, you want to play a Paladin? (laughs) (laughs) Everything you're saying. And at first, I was kind of like, I don't know, because I've always heard about Paladins being, like, sticks in the mud. And, you know, like, oh, that's. You know, all hot and like, oh, we can't do that. That's bad. <laughs> Committing yeah. that murder would be immoral. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, fuck that. He's going to be a paladin on the edge. And he ended so up being a lot more I... devout than we expected. Yeah, seriously. Well, I didn't have to break a lot of the rules of, or or like with with the Cuthbertine uh, doctrine, a lot of the stuff that might be frowned upon, you know, with other paladins doing, like getting hookers or... <laughs> whatever you know just the important G- stuff. getting hammered yeah it's it's just it's just like whatever you know yeah. 
You're, is it not sensible and, to live your life to the fullest in the exactly. service of St. Cuthbert? So it ended up being perfect that he was part of the Cuthbertine Temple because I could <laughs> play him how I want, but also wouldn't lose the favor of my God. So that was neat. Uh, originally, I wanted to play a necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> and I said no. Yeah, yeah. pretty much we were like, ah. Uh, well, would you do that? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> No, and I was I like literally, no, Tommy, no, your friend can't be a necromancer. <laughs> I could, I was going to be a good guy necromancer. <laughs> it's really hard to be a good guy necromancer. Uh, uh, do we have other questions from other people? No. Okay, I have, I have more questions then. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, I have a few questions from Nick Jerry. Nick Jerry, winner of our uh, of our giveaway. Jerry yeah. in a coal mine. Yeah, um, Nick Jerry writes uh, that he has recently started a, to DM a campaign that he designed, um, but it was almost over before it started. His PCs wanted nothing to do with each other. Any advice for organically starting adventures beyond quote? You've all seen, been sent here to meet person X with a quest for you. Oh, did Sean, do you have something? Yeah, to, you know, yeah, yeah, all right. I, I, yeah, I always make a habit of having character, when I run campaigns, having character creation be a session. Everybody's creating characters together. And sometimes like you need to push this, but sometimes it happens organically that people will discover the relationships between their characters and why they care about the other people in their party. I think like it's necessary to have some connection or obligation to other people in your party when you create a character. Sometimes that means like two family members are in a party, which is always like a cool dynamic, or that you're friends with the people you're in a party with. But really it's just like, it's definitely up to the DM to be like, make a character who has a reason to be in this party. If you don't have a reason to be in this party, your character can leave. Yeah, make and, a new character. I'm not running a separate game for your dumb lone wolf. <laughs> <laughs> One thing uh, I do when I run games is if I run into issues like that, uh, you take a page out of Apocalypse World. Apocalypse World had a really neat way of setting up history between characters by asking a series of questions. Uh, so you you ask your players questions, and you know maybe they don't have everything flushed out in their character. Um, I know I come up with a bunch of shit on the spot. So yeah. one of the things you ask them, okay, how does so you you like what happened uh, you know a couple months ago with you two or whatever. Uh, along those lines and, and have them build the relationship between each other. Um, I, I'm a very lazy DM and I make <laughs> all the players do all the work. Yeah. That's um, the most fun. Yeah. So what I would say for that is much what they've said, you can engage your players and hold their hands uh, to, you know, um, well, how do you know each other? Maybe your cousins or, you know, oh, well, you guys would have known each other because of this or that. Um which is really good, uh, but I have very little patience for that. <laughs> um, and much like, okay, fine, your character wants to go and chip away at a temple. Cool. You do that. You don't get to play until you join the party again. Um, <laughs> or, uh, you know, I, I really think that um, the onus of playing is on the players. Uh, the DM does all this work to set everything up. And um, really, if your players don't want to play with each other, then why are they playing? Yeah. Um, so, um, 
you know, preface it by saying, well, you guys want to be together, figure out a way to do it is always great. But if you've got that one holdout, just let them leave. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, just like Sean said, just yeah. be like, all right, well, you leave and you come back when you're ready to have a character who wants to play with everyone else. Yeah. I mean, you're doing so much work as the, as the DM at that point. Like, mm. you, like if the players aren't going to at least try to stick together as a party and i'm not talking to this like splitting the party to achieve an objective right that's that's different <laughs> but like if they if they're characters that are like flat out just be like fuck you i hate you i'm not doing right. anything with you all right cool well one of you who does the who does everyone else side with okay now you're with the party and the other guys out <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it goes back to kind of like that positive metagaming like your character is here to advance the story and yeah. and and that's not to rule out like inter-party conflict, which yeah. is always fun. Crefflin, uh, I love Damon. the I love the, I love that like rivalry, that <laughs> kind of relationship between Crefflin and Darren. Darren. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and also, if it's just two players um, or two-player characters, not players, that's totally different. Um, <laughs> then uh, you can ask if they consent to PvP. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is player versus player. And uh, they can uh, resolve through conflict. Yeah. I mean, if that's really what it comes down to, one of them's got to go. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Do you agree to it? Yeah. Um, uh, Second question from Nick Gajeri. Are sentient enemies easier or more difficult to create encounters with and why? The PCs seem to fight a lot more bandits and bounty hunters than wild monsters. Was that just random chance or was there a reason? Uh, there was a reason, and that was they weren't traversing the wilds questing for treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, it was a semi urban campaign. Um, yeah, we were. And against, so, uh, all of the, you know, the minute they got into the woods, I was like, yes, owl bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Fuck owl bears. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, the PCs you know, went up against humanoids because those were the villains. Um, you know, if they had spent more time in the wilderness, the Reverian son who was a druid was going to come after them with all kinds of crazy animals. Um, all sorts of critters. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't happen because of the choices that they made and the places that they went. Uh, what was the most, this is another one from Nick and Jerry. Uh, what was the most dangerous encounters that the PCs avoided? Did we? I mean, I know we avoided several things with those mountain dwarves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Schrodinger's ogre. Yeah. <laughs> was there, is there anything else? Um, no. Uh, I mean, Grundlefug would have killed you. <laughs> um, just by like. Yeah, glad we didn't attack that peaceable, like, <laughs> yeah. hippie. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, the the the. I mean, if you guys had all failed your strength saves and got sucked into the nine hells. No, yeah. Or that the, would the have abyss, been a different campaign. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that you were going to have to do to get out. Um, and I would have had to take a left turn. Um, yeah. But really, there wasn't too much that you guys ended up missing out on uh, because I kept retailoring it and re- retooling it. Uh there wasn't anything that you, you truly missed. Mm. Um, another one from Nick and Jerry. Uh, to the non-humans, so uh, Dayrin and Kreflin. Um, any challenges or tricks to playing characters hundreds of years old? Do you ever have to justify yourself why you're still as weak as Oberon on paper? <laughs> 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 Thanks, Nick. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but true. It's true. Right. Um, I don't know. The kind of like the struggle with the mountain dwarf is that he's kind of totally new to this world. Like he he knows the world that he knows. Um, he had, travels along like the same path every certain number of years. He's only seen like the same strongholds. He's a really good fighter and he knows everything about the Thrin clan, but he doesn't know too much about how the actual world works. So he just treats it like he would if it were just like he's hanging out with the clan. <laughs> uh, as for Darren, I kind of, uh, so he, he comes from a culture, at least in his backstory that has this very strong disdain for youth. And <laughs> even though, even though like Darren like tries to distance himself from that culture, he definitely like carries that with him. Like <laughs> people younger than him, like he definitely like as a, just kind of as a matter of course, he just like will underestimate them, will dislike them inherently. Just like <laughs> young people, ugh. Yeah. Uh, but as for justifying his like uh, comparative weakness to like a character like Anna, who is like much younger than him, has like been in the business like not nearly as long. I, I figure that like it's just because like they've specialized in different things. Mm-hmm. Like Anna might be like a better fighter. Uh, but maybe Darren has like more connections or so, like there's, there are other like perhaps non-mechanical avenues where, uh, Darren excels that like aren't covered on the character sheet. Right. It, it falls into a lot of the ways you create the character. Whenever you're making like a level one character and you want him to be like experienced, you know, you always have to figure out a way like, yeah, but yeah, I may be, I may he... be a veteran, but like maybe I'm frail or yeah, something. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Or maybe it is by virtue of Darren's age that he's starting to, you know, starting to get weak. Yeah. Sure. When he was 200, man, it was... <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen me back in the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, final thing from Nick and Jerry. First off, there's an aside saying, you guys rock. Oh. Um, and then a uh, final question, which I guess is direct uh, directed towards Addy. Uh, what item slash power do you most regret giving to the party? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's actually, uh, there's not any anything I really regret. Uh, mostly because a lot of the stuff wasn't really used to the... Uh, to the full extent that it could have been. What? Yeah, there what are a lot, mean? like a lot of this. I gave you guys a lot of shit. <laughs> oh, 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 wait, no, because if we ever revisit this campaign, Oberon's probably still going to have the white I was, flower. That was the first thing that I was I about to of. ask you what the white flower it's the first was. Thing but it's I probably better of. that I don't know. <laughs> uh, huh? um, <laughs> but no, there's not anything that I, uh, I did have a momentary, like, Oh, you know what? I didn't give them immunity with an, a time limit. I just gave them immunity. Forever. I was like, ah, that's all right. They earned it. Um, and it, now it's really funny. We meet an ice wizard. I'm going to kick that guy's yeah. ass. Oberon becomes a storm chaser. <laughs> Darren, I don't know, takes baths in acid. <laughs> It's really it's really, really clean, which is appropriate. <laughs> I'm the cleanest now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was really worried that the the immovable rod was going to be a problem. <laughs> we were going to... Nope, I'm just too stupid to figure <laughs> out something to do with it. Um... Uh, that it was like, oh, well, I want to climb here or I want to do this or like, can I stab him and then push the button and leave him there or whatever yeah, and right. just be like, oh. The opportunity no. didn't really arise for us to break the world with the uh, 
with the immovable rod. Yeah. Uh, there's less about what uh, the abilities I gave them, and more the uh, that I didn't make that I didn't make Lariel's dungeon harder. <laughs> that is my yeah. one biggest regret. That you guys flew through that. That was supposed to take you like two and a half episodes, yeah. which is why you had an entire episode of shopping. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're like, how do we fill this time now? You guys fucking blew through that dungeon. Uh, yeah, should have made it harder. Um, the the. But no, not there's no item. Why was it so easy? Did we just happen upon the right combination of rooms and deal with them accordingly? Well, um, sort of. The the mirror room. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, I am apparently horrible at coming up with riddles, which was like there, every room was supposed to have a riddle. But then I was like uh, totally intimidated out of it because oh. Tommy told me the story of how like covert. I, I like, made I made a dungeon that was entirely comprised. Of, you were there. You were there. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 It was it was during a campaign I ran for you, covert and a couple other people. And uh, the entire dungeon was revolved around riddles. Mm. And the whole time I was like this one guy who was like, in my opinion, like, you know, the brains of the operation uh i was like he's gonna be the riddle guy i have to look out for him and then i like posed like a riddle and everyone sat there for a second thinking and then covert was just like this is the answer <laughs> and then every single riddle from there on out covert was just like yeah yep. this is this That's is the it. answer riddles <laughs> are really hard as a dm because you have to strike that balance between too easy and too hard yeah. And oh yeah so hard to yeah. hit that balance yeah. so i mean there was that uh, and she she posed me a couple of riddles uh, to just as like testers, and I was like, yeah, "This is the answer." Yeah, was, I, I, <laughs> I've, yeah, I've looked at a lot. Of I totally got intimidated out of it. Um, and then the other thing was is that the the room with the mirrors uh, that was um, going to be like the big battle, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys were going to have like inverse you. Uh, yes. to battle. Oh, that would have been dope. Shadow Grethlin. <laughs> you know, like like Link in the uh, Water Temple. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, and um, we're all wise. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I I made all these like I made your inverse characters, and I was really excited. And then I had I realized that I I made it. Lariel's room. <laughs> oh. So she was just like, "Oh, turn off the lights. Don't look in the mirrors." Don't. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like. It was her room, so of course she would know. The one thing was is that she went through last, and so I was hoping that Oberon, being naturally curious, yeah. would walk over and be like, oh, what's in this mirror? Maybe it's special. Oh, oh God. <laughs> uh, and it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and so then she oh, put the God, lights out. Oh, confident bar. <laughs> <laughs> Inverse Oberon, no. Um, Natural 20 for dark Oberon. <laughs> <laughs> Can we take this guy with us? Right? <laughs> I understand. It makes sense, guys. And Go then ahead. He, and then he makes breakfast for us once. And, and we're like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> um, uh, do you have any other questions in the chamber? I have one last question from a viewer. Sure. Uh, uh, but yeah, so just to round that up. So everything was going to be a lot harder when you guys were like super hurt going through the rest of the dungeon. Mm. Uh, but you didn't. So. so we weren't hurt. It was not. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, final question that I have for many viewers, uh, and uh, heads up: if if someone's submitted a question and we missed it and it didn't make it in, like let us know. Send us a Facebook message, email something, and we'll we'll address it in like a words with the DM. Hi. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. You might not be the DM later. Uh, I'm still the DM now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So this this question comes from Irie Phelps. Uh, she writes uh, for all the players. Um, what was your favorite individual role that you made during the campaign? 
Yeah, it's oh. gonna be uh, it's gonna be killing Yuli for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Very last one. I like, man, Darren in keeping with his you know disdain for youth, like this uh, this like disrespectful youngling who he has to like surrender to and captures him and a bounty hunter no less the rogue's <laughs> natural enemy uh he feels has disrespected him like takes away his like keepsake bejeweled dagger which he finds conveniently very close relatively speaking to her neck <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and manages to steal it back, th- that dagger that represents, like, all of his ties to, to thievery in the Thieves' Guild, and is like, all right, great, I can pay this this lady back for for what she's done from to me, for what she's taken to me. Na- fucking nailing that, like, uh, assassinate from invisibility, and then witch bolting. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, that was, like... Colossal damage, right? Yeah, like, yeah there was ridiculous. a lot of damage there. Yeah, she had like to con save or die. I'm pretty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that felt real good. I mean, sentimentally, it was uh, d- making the save, uh, saving Ruth from getting like getting killed mm, and nice. killing Avin Tavishil. Great name, by the way. Awesome name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, like viscerally as a player, man, just like assassinate into Witch Bolt. <laughs> Uh, uh, Covert, you said the last roll, the roll I'm guessing against the very last roll. Uh, when I hmm. swore my vow of enmity, and uh, <laughs> which gives me advantage on rolls, and my roll ended up being a 20 and a 19. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like the, the best way to finish off the boss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm, glad uh, it was, I'm glad it was a bank card, too. Yeah, yeah, it felt good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it felt righteous, you know. Uh, for Kreflin, <laughs> Like it's it's kind of a tie. Can I do a tie between two things? I, I mean, Irie is not here to stop you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, suck it, Irie. <laughs> Just kidding. Thanks for listening, Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> But also suck. <laughs> um, uh, probably uh, my the first one when it came along was a. Uh, Jumping off the airship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that one was really badass. Like, jumping off the airship, like not getting hurt by like the, the rope whiplash. and also catching Andrew. That was, yeah. that one was like, it was a good combo. Oh man. Me. All of us were like on the edge of our seats when Andrew fell over. We were all like, Oh my God, we're all going to dive after her and try and save her. Yep. And then it's just like, Trethlin's like, nah, I got it. <laughs> Check out my dice. It's cool. <laughs> uh, and then the other one is probably uh, chucking a guy at the window. <laughs> you did that twice, I think. <laughs> I did. Well, then that's honestly why it's my favorite, because I chucked him out the window, and then I chucked the next guy out the window who attacked me. So it's just like, whoom, whoom, done. <laughs> don't fight don't those, those guys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who needs damage, right? Yeah. Just, <laughs> um, my my favorite, I mean, it's really hard to choose from all of the ones. Uh, <laughs> um, no, my, my favorite uh, was definitely... The natural one against Kretlin, <laughs> when uh, when basically like when Oberon's whole like warlock shit was all coming into play and like he was freaking out and like imploding, but he wasn't gonna like go to anyone and he was gonna try and put on a brave face and be like, no, it's all right, it's all right. And the whole time I was like, I was kicking myself, like me, the player. I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I don't want to be the dude who's like not sharing anything with the party. And uh, that's part of the reason why I made Oberon really honest. Like he usually just like tells people everything up front, uh, unless he's like eh, his. Friends, I should say, because we totally just deceived the fuck out of Fabrizio. Yo. But but uh, uh, 
Poor uh, Fabrizio. Poor Fabrizio. Well, uh, I have okay. no sympathy for that guy. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, the the fact that I was sitting there and I was like, I'm not going to like answer. Like, you know, Darren comes and knocks on the door, gives me an, an out to like tell him like, I just talked to like a weird entity. I don't know what. But instead I'm like, no, I'm just studying, man. Leave me alone. And like the whole time, everyone, every time someone asks me something, I'm like, I don't really want to tell him. I don't know if I'm comfortable telling him because I don't know what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then like I fucking get there and, and uh, first off, fucking roll low enough to splatter yes. vomit on Welby and then the awesome <laughs> moment where like two seconds later oh, <laughs> um, but then he gets there and and then like Crethlin has like the like you know kind of tough love but like kind of like heartfelt moment where he's like look just yeah. just like you, look, tell me what's going on <laughs> and the way you said it I was like yeah no that could count as intimidation like I would like emotionally like Oberon would be intimidated by that because he's been around Crethlin long enough that it'd be like a big brother being like, dude, don't be a fucking moron. Tell me what's going on. And so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll count that as intimidation. It was almost, it was like the inviting PVP moment. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, go ahead and I'd allow you to roll intimidation against me. Um, and, uh, and then it's like a charisma saving throw against intimidation. So I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to fucking succeed this. And then I roll a, a natural one and I'm like, this is fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oberon tells you everything. <laughs> we don't have to deal with this anymore. Right. It's out in the open. Let's progress. Well, and, and it was just kind of like the best moment because you were already at one of your lowest points. Yeah. And like you had rolled over and over again, like, no, 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 it's fine. No, it's okay. So you've been bottling it up. And yeah. just all yeah. of a sudden, like you wake up, you puke all over well be and then you're like oh god no this is happening it's the worst <laughs> Kreflin, what do I do <laughs> that was great yeah so and actually that was probably one of my favorite character moments for yeah sure. I, I loved that moment I mean I loved I really did love all of my natural ones they're all very dear to me <laughs> but but that one was definitely uh, definitely yeah. the best in the whole campaign for sure uh is that it did we, did we get through all the questions I think so all right. Nice. Um, so I guess, uh, uh, first off, thank you to everyone who submitted questions. That's yes. fucking amazing. Um, we're so glad to be able to have like a back and forth with the listeners. Uh, we want to continue this moving forward with future series. Um, but uh, uh, since we did just finish the campaign, uh, does anyone have any final thoughts uh, about like the campaign as a whole, about the final episode, anything like that? Uh, anything like you liked, anything you didn't like? Uh, did you have fun? Did you hate it? <laughs> Want to compliment? I had a blast. Yeah, great group of role players. Mm. I mean, I've played with Seth and Tommy before, so I knew that was going to be good. But <laughs> John, yep. definitely a great addition. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> John, you were going to say? Yeah, I, I wanted to compliment everybody on their role play. This is like. Uh, I have like a way back home in Pennsylvania. I have a group that I play with that like that I, I consider like they're they're all great role players. I love playing with them. You guys are definitely on par with them. Yay. So like you guys, like you guys nail the role play. I love uh, doing back and forth with you guys. Um, Addy, you did a really great job of weaving in backstory details. Like I definitely felt yeah. like the, uh, mm-hmm. at least for Darren, like I felt like this was definitely Darren's story too, which is great. And yeah, absolutely. I, definitely liked the ending i liked that it wasn't 
textbook happy ending. I yeah. like that there's an inconclusiveness, like so a, no, a we bitter need a textbook note. happy ending. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. There's a dragon out there, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm so like I'm so glad because like I was worried because Darren's not a happy ending type of guy. Like this being one, <laughs> this being like one last job and he retires and lives happily ever after. I'm so glad he didn't get that. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, I'm happy on one end, you know. Yeah, yeah dragon's no, still out there. Comedies end in weddings. That's. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I'm your son-in-law now. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting dynamic to potentially play in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I was especially impressed that uh, pretty much everybody had a sort of arc. It mm-hmm. wasn't all just like everybody stays the same the entire way. Like, Kreflin, turns out, he kind of has a heart. And uh, <laughs> Oberon, like, gets more magical and has a better understanding of these things that he loves that he studied for so long but hasn't been able to project. Mm-hmm. And uh, Daron becomes less less old and, and bitter, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and Bankard is not such a Cuthbertine fuddy-duddy. Yeah. I mean, it, like, everybody ended up differently than they began, and I think that's really important to yeah session. that was something i touched on during uh one one of the words with the dm I, I mentioned like the return to Baldur's gate was really important to the story mm. um and like you know we we kind of joke about how like oh yeah we made it through that dungeon so fast that like we had a couple episodes where we were just like prepping in Baldur's gate just like spending time in Baldur's gate but i really feel like that opened up some amazing opportunities for us all to to like show how our characters have changed, and and like as a storytelling device, like returning to where it all began is a perfect way to do that. Yeah, you're yeah. back in a familiar setting with familiar characters. You're revisiting that, but you're not coming back the same person. Yeah, and uh, and I, I feel like we all got a chance to do that. Like like I said, Darren got like you know his his like his family time with with Ruth. Yeah, uh, Kreflin was walking around telling everyone that they were his friends, and then he has <laughs> his like his like you know he shows that he actually cares a shitload about Welby. Um, uh, uh, on, I mean, I don't not to discredit uh, Bankard, but I mean Bankard is very similar, um, very stoic and and uh, and uh, uh, Bankard fell in love. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Fell in love. I was gonna say, was I was really gonna say, like he thing. he was very much like a similar man. Um, but then like he had the like the new personal development of like being like you know this Ruth girl. Was just there might be something there. Wasn't just married to Cuthbert anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He found he found something uh, something mortal, something of this plane to uh, to yeah. devote his life to. Yeah. Well, I thought it makes sense because, like, you know, oh, I, I'm going to go check up on her. She almost died. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up uh, being they started talking. And he's he's very impressed with, like, very strong. She's a very strong woman. And that's something uh, Bankard appreciates. Uh, I mean, she's captain of the city guard. Like, yep. you have to be a badass to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just happened to. Happen to be <laughs> Sean yeah. looked so proud when you said that too. He's like, "That's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl. Total badass." I'll <laughs> slow. Well, also kind of came, but that whole thing match. actually kind of came mm, to me just like, too. just like in an instant. It's like, you know what? This would be interesting. This would be an interesting inner party yeah. thing to kind of go on. Yeah, it was a great call. I loved yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I obviously enjoyed myself a lot. Um, I'm going to touch on kind of what, what like Sean said and, and covert said in the, uh, the role playing aspect. Um, I played like a lot of games and, and very often we do the whole, like, 
we don't want to speak in character, so we just say, I say something funny, or I say something, you know, that convinces them to help us or something, yeah, and then right. we roll for it, you know? And, and you know, that's fun, and every once in a while you get a little bit of, like, in-character banter, but uh, that's always been lacking in a lot of my home games, and uh, that was just something I was really excited about going into the podcast, was that, like, we kind of had this this model for how we wanted it to to go, where... Everyone was, you know, in character as much as possible. If you had a question or you had a thought, try to say it in character so that we can have conversations in character because it will be more interesting. And everyone just committed to that. And it just like it made for an extremely rewarding uh, experience for me. Absolutely. And and again, I mean, yeah. everything like Addy, you did you did amazing. And now I have no idea how the fuck I'm going to match that with series two. Uh, uh, GMing Shadowrun. I'm, I'm like you. You just you set the bar really high. Nice product placement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you set the bar really high, and uh, and I'm hoping we can continue this kind of uh, this kind of level of quality uh, moving forward in the in future series. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I had a blast. It was. I mean, it was it was more than just a DM game, or a, a, it was more than just a role playing game for for me. It was also like you know a, a, a project, you know, like uh, editing and all that. Um, all right. So, so yeah, I think, I think we can, unless anyone else, if anyone else has anything to add, uh, we, uh, I think, I think we can end our first ever post game chatter for, uh, for essential NPCs. I'm rolling for closure. Everyone want to roll a D20? <laughs> uh, I've got a four, an auspicious number because it is my last name. <laughs> I got a six. I got a 17. I also got a four. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, I was, I was almost really on that one. I was really, one. yeah, I was, I was really like, hoping for it. No, that already happened in the very last yeah. episode. The, the natural yeah, one, yeah, my very last great. role as Oberon, the yeah, natural one. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Makes Beautiful. sense. I don't have a lot of closure. This, yeah. this character might get revisited. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll catch you in two weeks for Shadowrun. Thanks. Oh, yes. Whee! Oh, yeah. Bye. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and Dragons are trademarks of Wizards of the Coast LLC, a subsidiary of Hasbro. Go to dnd.wizards.com to find out more.